0: Don't get caught without that Game Pro.
1: This is the Imperial School of Honor podcast. I am Josh Folan, And I'm Jay Baxter, And we're going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. Maggot coming at you in the next stage of ISOH return from COVID rollouts. We're reading GamePro issue 2 this time. And you can find the issue on archive.org if you want to look at the shit we're looking at. I'll drop the link to that in the show notes, as I always do. Please rate and review the podcast. We'll read it on the pod if it's interesting or funny. And what are we jamming on now, Jay? What are you jamming on now?
0: Not a whole lot these days, actually. Working, <laughs> working is just killing me, man. But yeah. you know, at the end of a long day, I gotta jump on NBA two, 2K20. You know, my <laughs> Seattle Surge. Gotta at least get a game in. You know, dominate a team. I do some Tetris 99. I don't know if you play that on the Switch. It's I have played, nice. It's
1: been a while. When 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 they when that first became a thing, I was playing. Uh periodically it's fucking hard, man. I get pissed off. I get really pissed
0: off. <laughs> I've never won <laughs> it. I've I've only gotten like top 10 a few times. Oh
1: no, yeah. I, yeah, the high maybe seventh. Like the idea of yeah. high. <laughs> I, I, I never, it yeah. never even like I don't even play to win when I was playing it. Like it was out of the question.
0: <laughs> yeah. it, it drove me nuts at first because I was like, why can't I just play normal? Like I don't want to battle people. Don't don't right. rush me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but I've gotten kind of used to it. Uh and then uh definitely marvel ultimate alliance 3 man i started so i bought the dlc and i started unlocking all these new characters and so i also found out there's like a shield depot within it where you can purchase different alternate costumes and skins so like it just got me reinvigorated about playing that game again so i'm trying to like level up all the characters now and unlock them
1: are you saying real dollars to buy those things
0: no, no, no. Well, <laughs> I, I pay. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like in-game currency that okay. you get from like doing these challenges. Yeah, no.
1: <laughs> yes, that is the extreme Bro. end of that thing I bitched about last time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, no. But that's yeah. That's what I'm jibbing on. That's very what about static, you, Josh?
1: That's very static of you, Jay. You made no, 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 no change whatsoever <laughs> from New Dude, telling can, you, man. I, I, well, I, I, actually,
0: I, 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 you know what? what? You know what? Update to that because i wrote that before this happened yesterday <laughs> um minecraft dungeons just was released on tuesday and my daughter was super excited to play it and so my brother jesse you know he's a huge into minecrafts big time guy minecraft for years and so he actually plays on a pc we played it on our xbox we were able to do crossplay last night and it's really fun it's like a whole minecraft world with this minecraft story minecraft characters everything but it's like dungeons so you have like get spells and weapons and level up but you're playing together and so it was a, a blast like we might actually try to carve some time out to get some in today
1: now, i've never fucked with minecraft man it looks like it's got uh, a lot of things that would i mean i you know i enjoy the build like you know civ and, and games like that where you're building something i enjoy that <clears throat> yeah. Fantasy role play stuff. I dig that. Like, that's a, a nice twist on what I like. I don't even I don't even fully understand exactly what it is. I don't think uh, I have not even like tried.
0: To <laughs> well, it's mostly up. just open world like building, you know, it's pretty much like, here you go, build, build anything you want. It's like open world Legos, but you can actually but it's much more of that because, like, I thought it was just kind of that. But then my daughter, who's super into it, she would come to me after reading these Minecraft books and she's like, yeah, if you put this block together with this thing, it builds a circuit. And if you put this with this and this, you can build this. And this, it build, put these things together, it builds a portal to a dimension where you fight a dragon. And I'm just like, what? Whoa. So there's like a whole level of like things that you can do and build with it. So it's like, I'm clearly like a rookie at this and a noob, but right. pretty. we can get anybody on that could speak much more to it. But it's like super deep.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean it's been rock and rolling for like I mean it's crazy to think, but like it like a decade now, hasn't it? It's been out for fucking ever. So I mean, yeah, as popular yeah. as it is, I'm sure it's yeah, just gone off. It's and all still going. going. Yeah, <laughs> off all sorts of crazy little tangents. Uh, I can't imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's part of the thing. It's like uh, you know, uh, watching a new show. Like for me to watch start watching a new television series, like, dude, I gotta hear from so many people that it's just <laughs> it cannot be passed up because once you start that, you you're you're done. You're, you're, you're you know it takes you out of the fucking game for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, you're sucked in. <laughs> yeah, if you
1: start something that big, uh, you got to be careful. You know, so like I don't want to get myself roped into something that I don't. Like, <laughs> I'm not one hundred percent certain I want to be roped into. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, the good thing about dungeons is that it's like different. Like you're not even building stuff. Like it's just you're in the Minecraft world, like you would be. But it's basically like a storyline and like an RPG type of thing, multiplayer. So it's it's pretty cool though, pretty cool.
1: Feeling too.
0: What about you, Josh? What are Uh, you jamming to?
1: Well, I've been uh, I've been going through so that Atari podcast I did that little that thing on I sent you. uh, Oh yeah, yeah. It's part of this network of of, of, like they're called like pre-crash. It's like a pre-crash gaming retro gaming network There, uh, you know there's ferg does the atari podcast there's a group of guys that does this one called the intellivisionaries that's about logically the intellivision and oh, wow. I, yeah i burnt through that <laughs> was Andrew way Curry. back uh yeah i mean well it's, you know same time as atari but the uh, um There's a Coleco one too. And anyways, the, I I burned through all Ferg's episodes on the Atari one. So I was like just needing, I'm out of shit to listen to while I game and stuff. So I started listening to the Intellivisionaries one, even though I've never fucked with the Intellivision. I don't really know anything about it. So I've been listening to that and, you know, of course, sitting listening to the games like, I want to try some of these fuckers out. (laughs) So I've (laughs) I've downloaded the Intellivision emulator and I started fucking with some of the games, man. Uh, it blows the twenty six hundred out of the water, dude. Like the the machine is way more powerful, way more visually and sound impressive. Uh, they have a lot of licensed property titles, like Dungeons and Dragons, Masters of the Universe. There's a He-Man game. Uh, they have a lot of arcade on play- the television. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Man, uh, yeah, they ha- they have uh, a lot of arcade. Port slash license things, Cubert, uh, Burger Time games that I really like, and they're better than the 2600 ones by a mile. So yeah, I've been fucking a little bit with that and playing with that. It, and they also have a, a port of River Raid, which is like far and away my favorite 2600 game, and it's so much better. <laughs> it's not, <like>, not <laughs> even—it's a joke to even compare the two. In all honesty, uh, as sad as that makes me to say. So yeah, man, like I, I, I can't believe that I've never. As much as I like the 2600 and enjoy that era of kind of gaming simplicity, I'm surprised that mm-hmm. I've never bothered to pick it up. So, yeah, I started fucking a little bit with that a little bit. And uh, Animal Crossing. Yeah, kind of same same loop, like 15 to 30 minutes a day, kind of doing the routine. Yeah. Now
0: that, That's crazy that you mess with the Intellivision, because that's like my like that was so far back for me that it's like I can like in my mind the Intellivision came first even though factually i know they were launched at the exact same time as the 2600 but in my mind like i don't know anybody else who had one but like i definitely played it a little bit but i thought it was like a precursor to the 2600 so yeah,
1: i don't think i like, ever even seen one in real life like i wouldn't even i you know if i i don't I'm i was even... so little man so little <laughs> like, yeah yeah, it's. it's I, I would recommend grabbing the emulator. It's. It was. I've. I've enjoyed most of the games I've fucked with. In all honesty, like, I, there's not many that I've. Granted, I gotta like be peaked already. Like, there's one. There's a Beauty and the Beast game that like It's kind of. Uh, it's almost like it's very Donkey Kong esque as far as gameplay mm-hmm. goes. The original Donkey Kong. So like, you know, there's there's games that like everything I've kind of been led to. Either I know it already, or this podcast has told me it's good. So I haven't like downloaded a just a, a wave of crap that. Uh, you know could have led me into some shitty games so that's part of that being the case but gotcha. yeah they've all been good uh and then, yeah so i also at your request dude i upload I, I i took a, f- a tour of my base in subnautica yesterday and uploaded the video so that's one little current event
0: nice. i gotta check that out
1: yeah you can grab it, you can grab it on it's it's, uh, it's like a t- it's like a 10 minute tour uh and that's like, <laughs> that's like burning through it too so that's how big the damn thing is but <laughs> oh
0: man See, so um, how you feel about Minecraft, that's how I feel about that, like, man, I'm gonna get sucked in, like, it just, like, how much time do I have to yeah. to commit, you know?
1: <laughs> it's, uh, it will do that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I also, I, 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 that fucking amnesia game I told you about, I tried fucking with it, I tried, you know, I just kept trying to stick with it, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I think it might have been a waste of 30 bucks, man. It's it's so fucking dark, like, literally dark, like, <laughs> mm. like not enough light to see shit in the game like, the <laughs> oh whole, that's worst. yeah dude the whole economy mechanic of the game is basically having enough of these tinder boxes that you find that occasionally can light a candle or a torch so you can see what the fuck is around you and like you you have a sanity meter and your sanity drops faster if you don't have light to see so like it's just you're in this constant state of not trying to add light to your environment and I don't know to me like that being the baseline mechanic to me is just uh, not it's awful it's, it's not fun <laughs> you know i, I hate that not does not
0: sound fun. fun at all yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah it's not like you know i, mean, I get like the you know it's a, it's that kind of game like that the darkness the unknown like that is how it presents that thing that makes uh-huh. the game interesting at all and like that's a really interesting idea but in the context of playing a game It's just, it feels like your TV's broke or something. You know what I mean? It's it's, (laughs) it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't, And you know, that's, Uh. it's, it's, that's one of the beautiful things about Subnautica is, is they find a way to do that without making you feel like you're just being deprived of a technical element. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, and and they, it's unfortunately that game does not, at least for me, does not do that. And it's also, it's, you know, it's a survival game with no home base too. You're always moving, you know, there's no. It's emotionally exhausting. <laughs> you're always moving. <laughs> it's always dark, and you're never able to get a moment of feeling safe. And that is just such a draining way to play a oh, game. no way, Gosh. man. I could not have that kind of game in my life right now.
0: That's an absolute
1: no. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's, you know, it's like Subnautica, again, going, that's, just, I don't know, the, my, my benchmark right now for this kind of game. It's, it's just, it's so, it's absolutely fucking terrifying when you're out exploring. But you can go back to your base in the shallows and get a breather, you know, when you need to. And, like, mm-hmm. have your synapses cool off a little bit <laughs> <laughs> you know, and not having that available to you at all in the game is, is also just a, a huge knock on it. In my opinion, like there's just no way to get to a homeostasis. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Indeed. No, yeah. So, uh, doing my, you know, like I said, that wasn't working. So I was like, I fucking, as much as I love just building dumb shit and subnautica, I need a new game. So I started doing research on, I think I I mentioned that Stranded Deep game, the like shark island survival game I was looking at instead of Amnesia. Mm -hmm. Looking that up, I kept seeing comparisons to this other game called The Forest. Like I actually thought it was the same developers is kind of how it was coming across to me. It looked like the same game, just in a different Mm -hmm. environment, you know, in in a wooded forest environment. And I kept seeing that. And then I ended up seeing when I went, went to look up Stranded Deep this was there and it was on sale for 40% off. So it was 12 bucks. I was like sold. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> so, you got me. Yeah, exactly. So I downloaded that and started fucking with that dude. I've probably logged like 50 plus hours this week and it's pretty fucking good. What? So yeah, Whoa. It, yeah, it's, it's really hard. Okay. So, I mean, just you, you, it's the same con. The, the reason I thought it was the same developers and it's so much the same game. You're in a plane, the plane crashes, now you got to survive. Like you just land in some fucked up situation, and you have no idea where you're at, what's going on, and you got to survive. You know, and that's exactly how <laughs> the opening of Stranded Deep looks. Uh, so I, I just assumed it was the same developers, but it's not. Anyways, you crash land on this island. You, it's, you know, it it it, it has kind of beach areas, but it's mostly like this really densely wooded forest type environment, and <laughs> you quickly find out that there's cannibals on the island. Oh so, damn. Yeah. So you're you're you, you know, you the first it's you know, it's it's different than sub because yeah, Subnautica, like there you don't have encroaching danger. You mm-hmm. have to go out and find danger. So again, kind of like I was talking about amnesia, like you're dropped into this and like You know, you're if you land on an island, you're like I need to make fire and eat. That's the first thing you you need to do. So like, like, you're like the first couple nights are super fucked up because you you're you're trying to. You don't know. Again, one, you're learning the mechanics of the game, and it's honestly a little clunkier than Subnautica. So some of that stuff is just again kind of technical stuff that you're trying to figure out. But it's also, Mm -hmm. yeah, environmentally, you're trying to. You got to make fire. You got to eat. What can I eat? How do I find? How do I catch something to eat? So like you're trying to do these things before it even gets dark. And like gets dark for the first time, you're like, where the fuck am I going to go? I don't even know. I have no idea where (laughs) to go. And uh, I don't even know if I had seen. Well, no, check that because in the open, the very opening sequence, you are shown the cannibals taking the kid, your kid. Like you, you crash land with your kid and ah. kid, so you know there's there's some sort of fucking someone, uh, out there, you know. So you immediately have that problem too, and you know. So I, I like ran up and like found this like edge of a cliff, so I kind of like backed myself into a corner and like tried to build a little camp right there. And you know, the first night you got fire, the p- things are coming to fuck with you, and you know, it's just immediately the first few nights it's super hard to get a foothold and have any level of like comfort because you you know they're you're a problem you're immediately a problem and you're a food source to these people so <laughs> like man they're, they're trying to come take you you know so yeah so the, that's like the, the the baseline beginning of it but it has very much most of these games i'm gathering not that i've played a ton of them now uh but these current gen survival games have usually this building element where You're trying to build some sort of base you know it's so like once you get going and you're actually, you find the place, you feel safe, and you you start trying to build. It has, like, a very fun and addicting building mechanic to it, where you're trying to, there's there's a, a wide array of things. Like you crash land with this, it's a survival guide. Like, your kid actually, I don't know, you must have been going somewhere, or the kid's into camping, I don't know. But he had, like, the kid had a survival guide, basically. So you have that, and that is your, it's kind of the, almost like that PDA thing I've described for Subnautica, where you kind of ah, you, you, gotcha. use that as your guide to build things and then you can learn how to build new things on top of that uh throughout exploration and trial and error you know so the way you accumulate that knowledge and utilize it is very addicting and very fun so yeah i mean i've I've gotten to the point like and there's there's all these caves on the island and without getting too much into spoiler territory you get like your your kind of goal is to get a foothold and find a way to create a defensively fortified area that you can work from to go out and explore these caves and the rest of the island and you know find your kid of course so it's uh yeah it's dude it's good it has it also it's not to the level of subnautica by any length but there is you know you're you're on an island so you can build boats and you can you can there's like a mild seafaring aspect to it and i don't have the tools for it yet but there's items that suggest you can do underwater exploration as well so you know like even playing 50 hours like there's whole like aspects of the game i haven't even gotten into yet so pretty oh impressive my gosh
0: man <laughs>
1: wow uh so that's a, that's the pitch for it it is a little like the like I, I mentioned the mechanics are a little clunky and you know it's not it's it's almost it makes me sad almost that subnautica is the first one of these games that i got into because it it i think it's just it's perfect and I, i'm never going to be able to find something quite as good i'm, I'm afraid mm. uh at least you know From what this is people. another ps4 yeah. game it is. Yeah. Well, it's a PS4. Actually, you know what? Because I was talking to Jab. I thought it would be because Strain of Deep is on Xbox. So uh, he has an Xbox, and we were talking about which one of these fuckers to download. And when I ended up right. getting this one, I was pitching it to him hard, and he's like, okay, I'm going to go get it. And they don't, they're do not they not selling it on Xbox, actually. It's only on uh, PS4. So, hmm. um, or it's also on PC, but not on Xbox. So, yeah. It's, so, yeah, but it's not like it's not because it loses a little of the. Like I'm already to a point where I'm pretty. I don't necessarily. I don't feel scared, you know. I, I I get annoyed and I still get overwhelmed at times by the enemy, but I don't. Like I'm never. I'm not really scared because you you know right. there's just like you, you don't have the same level of unknown. You're on a you know it's not an alien planet. You're not in the deep ocean. You know there's there's you you can put your back up against something and know you're safe just because you understand the physics and the animals and the things that you're around you know like it, it's it's very different being having all those things be absolute knowns to you than playing a game like subnautica where everything is unknown right. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> anything can yeah. be thrown at you because you're in an environment that 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 uh, allows for that so
0: it's like we got games for two differing levels of uh, anxiety <laughs> how, much yeah, right, yeah. how
1: anxious do you want to be the right so, the nice. only thing else I would say about that, there's, there's a really fun thing in the game that is not a spoiler because it's early, you find it very early on. But this is kind of like, this is actually what I sold jab on, on trying to dial it that. So, you you find a Walkman early on. And it's, dude, it's like a Walkman. Yeah, wow. an 80s tape walk, set tape Walkman. And. It's not. You also find various cassette tapes, and they have these really cliche '80s sounding music, like some rock, kind of like hip hop, and like poppy stuff, it's Like a bunch of different cassette tapes you can find with different different songs on them. And there's no headphones though, you know. So you just have a Walkman with what an, an external speaker on it. So you like, you know, you, you can see the thing in your hand, and you hit play, and it just starts blaring these hilarious '80s, uh, songs. <laughs> and it's so. You, so what what that amounts to is like you're running around. Foraging for supplies on this island and like being attacked by cannibals and stuff but you have these hilarious playing. <laughs> the so it's, it's just it's just this incredibly fun role play element <laughs> that i love that they build in there and it just makes me so happy and uh. you can even like tie it because it's like if you have it in your hand this is a dumb mechanic thing but if you have it in your hand you got to keep hitting play when the the the, the song ends and it's, it's actually it's cool too because you when you hit it you can hear it rewind. <laughs> it has it's to like rewind a... hear this song, which is also just a, a forgotten element of life that, you know, uh, if you didn't have cassette tapes or if you weren't old or if you aren't old enough to have had cassette tapes in your life, you'll just never know. Waiting for that fucking thing to rewind so you can play the <laughs> You can also tape it up uh. to you can like put it on a stick and then tape it to tree or not uh, attach it to trees or put it in your base. So, and when you put it in your base, it'll, you can actually hear the sound change too. It sounds different when you put it in your environment as opposed to holding your hand. So you get like, you can get further away from it and you hear the song kind of dissipate and stuff, which is fun, but you can put it That's and then nice it's just touch. it just plays in a loop. It, it still has to do the rewind thing, which is hilarious, but it'll just play in the loop. So you can basically just in your, like, you know, once I have my, I have my base pretty well built now, I just put that fucker down and now I just have like a stereo playing in my crazy ass treehouse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you playing your 80s favorites. Nice. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a uh, super fun, uh, albeit dumb, but a super fun uh, aspect of the game that, that helps you through uh, what otherwise is a very quiet and depressing environment. <laughs> um, we're on to Game Pro Two.
0: That was the NES Hoops in game theme song, and by the way. Because I thought this was so catchy, I decided to check the game out. I I thought it was fun, man. Like, tough to shoot, but fun. And like, for me, it didn't even seem familiar at all, like in terms of play, until I got dunked on. And then I was like, immediately back to childhood. I was like, man, I remember this game, all these cutscenes. Did you play it, Josh?
1: It's like 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 a street ball situation, right? Yeah, it's
0: like a half-court, like, right, yeah, yeah, I played, yeah, yeah, I guess there's two-on-two, two, but I play like, one-on-one. On one. But, like, right. it didn't seem, it's weird to me that it doesn't seem familiar, like, like, the play to me at all. Only, like, those dunk scenes. Like, I remember all of those, so I know I've played it, like, a bunch, but it still just doesn't, doesn't jog my memory.
1: Yeah, I didn't play it, I definitely never played it as a kid, which is, I don't, I don't there weren't a lot of basketball games as a kid that got me... At the NES level, I'm saying, that got me. You know, on Genesis, I had fucking Bulls versus Blazers, Bulls versus Lakers, Lakers versus Celtics, all that shit I was all over. But the... At the NES level there wasn't many like Arch I, I think I mentioned before Arch Rivals was a game I I remember playing that was a lot of Oh yeah. The punching. Like run, and the yeah, running and like great. literally running down the court with your with your fist drawn back <laughs> to to <laughs> yeah. just slug people it was it was obviously a very fun way to play basketball. But the Let me get double dribble.
0: Double dribble, did you mess up that?
1: I just I was not a fan of that, dude. I Oh
0: man, double dribble. That was I, the
1: best. <laughs> I thought it was so clunky. Which is yeah, I mean oh. I got into basketball in fourth grade, which is right like prime NES time for me. It's right when I started getting into basketball, it's like I started collecting the cards and stuff and playing at lunchtime and shit all the time. Uh, So it it wasn't a lack of, like, interest in the game itself, I don't think. But, yeah, I just didn't – there was not enough – I remember playing – I remember renting, I think it was, uh, Magic Johnson's basketball and thinking, like, just being so disappointed with it that that maybe that colored my initiative Mm -hmm. to – try other basketball games, but just remember that's sucking so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, by the 16 bit era, I was I, I I owned Bulls versus Blazers actually. And played the shit I and those are, I don't know if you I don't know when the last time you played one of those games was one of those e, those early EA basketball games oh my god dude it's unplayable it's so bad (laughs) it's i cannot
0: even imagine oh i never had a sega so like i never even played those yeah oh my
1: god they're so like i played the fuck out of bulls versus blazers just constantly and they're just they are intolerable man they are like (laughs) not even close to the feeling of playing basketball it's so far (laughs) 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 Uh, anyhow yeah, uh, on to the issue here. Uh, is this a stock space sci-fi illustration or what? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It could be anything. It's, I don't know. There's. Uh, w- I guess it's alluding to Gradius 2 here, the little blurb on the cover. Uh, is the only game that could possibly be referencing. Uh, but, my lord, right. do I know. Need- care i don't know it's yeah i just it, it it looks the guy looks like buzz lightyear he looks like the... right i just thought
0: <laughs> spaceman fight bro let's
1: go exactly, yeah just like the stock a very angry white guy in space in a space jet of some kind being shot at and hit by a couple trailing space jets like that's just you know it could be used for anything <laughs> yeah <laughs> video game magazine or whatever um yeah so yeah, the bullet points on here. There's review on new and pre-release games that'll blow your mind. Tons of tips and tactics that make you beat your best, and sneak a peek at the amazing Gradius two You mentioned. So the cover price is 3.95, 4.95 if you're getting diddled in Canada. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, there's no date specified here, but July August '89 is the on newsstands now window, and I think they mentioned it in the, in the table of contents area. So that is the cover and you move to the inside cover and it's title's it's a full pager for Taito's operation wolf and it's calling it the world's number one arcade game quite the feat and uh mm. accompanying flex by Taito here i do like the artwork though it's that's great i mean we've already talked about this game quite a bit i think but their artwork is very good
0: it, i think it's funny like between this and the cover it's just like let's go boys adrenaline let's roll, <laughs> ah, take <laughs> no prisoners
1: very high <laughs> octane for sure yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, well, you know the, the, the. I don't have their uh, internal marketing demographics uh, statistics or anything, but I'm sure they were thinking like ten year old boy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. And, uh,
0: yeah. That was me. Let's go.
1: Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? As a kid, I might have been. I don't. I, I think even as a kid, though, I wasn't into the space shit. So, what have you? So the next thing up is a. Taxon game, Mappy land We've talked about before. It's a full pager for that, and we've talked about this game already. Fuck that game. And table <laughs> of contents comes next, or table of contents rather. They should steal a little inspiration from Nintendo Power for this. Like their table of contents is just not a pretty thing, you know? Yeah, it's just. I, I just read through it and I was like,
0: meh, okay, moving on.
1: Yeah, like there's, I don't know. It's just, yeah, there's just very little effort put forth there, I think. And that's, like, that's that's the first, like, here's the content you're going to experience. Like, I, I, I love that about Nintendo Power. Like, seeing that table of conduct, there's never anything to talk about it because it's just beautiful. But, like, every time I get to that, I wish there was something to talk about on it because it is a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, not, they did not have that rock and rolling here for this magazine. At least not yet. Maybe it'll get better. And the, another full pager for Taito. Uh, bubble Bobble on the NES before getting to the letter from the editor, and in this case, it's the executive editor, Leanne McDermott. And uh, not notable thing <laughs> is that this is a blatant attempt to soak up the readership market that Sega is leaving the table by not having a steady proprietary mag out yet. They like they t- she talks a bunch about Sega shit here, which I think it just it felt very deliberate to me, you know? <laughs>
0: right? It's like. <laughs> Oh, yeah. go ahead. No, they they just specifically mention the more Sega coverage, you know, like
1: just, yep. And, and if you get in, into the mag, like, it's not more Sega coverage, it's still more NES coverage, you know, so it's it, it just got to be very deliberate because it's not represented in the content, you know, it's, it's an empty oh, claim. Oh, for sure
0: I mean, the letters, like, all these letters and the pages that follow, they're all talking about like, that's a theme, because like oh, we love the fact you're talking about Sega can you talk, or can right. you talk more about Sega yeah. oh, thanks, we're talking more about Sega, like, that's they're trying to set it up that that is what they are trying to do, while at the same time recognizing that. But Nintendo's, Nintendo's probably giving them at... more
1: money. They're probably giving yeah, exactly. probably giving them more money, Yeah, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very pandering to say the least. Yeah, I mean the last time we saw a take a seat, a t- t- I said it, the fucking take a scene. Why? Why, why can't I? <laughs> Team Sega newsletter? Uh, we have a, there's an episode that Jab and I did that's called Tegaseem Newsletter. <laughs> that's what I want to call it. But, uh, yeah, we haven't seen one of those since April, and we won't see another one until December. So it's just like – it's just a, a known marketplace awareness that Sega is not covering their shit uh, proprietarily. So, yeah, they're probably absolutely trying to capture that. And, uh, I mean, you oh, know, it's a good tactic, smart tactic, but – It in a better and in a a better veiled way than how they're doing it here. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, Leanne is also getting us all primed up for the 16 bit machines that are soon to be coming at us, which is exciting. And after that, we get to a full pager for that Dodgeball Super NES or not Super NES but NES Dodgeball where the dude's getting knocked silly by a volleyball. (laughs) And (laughs) that breaks things up before we get to the reader mail section. And this is where we find some of what you're talking about. Uh, The most well-written and level-headed letter I may have ever seen in one of these magazines kicks things off from Richard Gonzalez and fucking (laughs) fucking Compton of all places. Maybe this is Easy es pen name. (laughs) The last place I would expect fucking game mag letter to be coming from. Uh, Yeah, but it's like, it's it's fucking it's like i don't know it's just like a very eloquently written letter just kind of like a general status of the environment <laughs> Like <sending laughs> a letter for this dude in compton i just thought it was a very interesting uh choice to kick it off with
0: all right just like thank you for this this is great you
1: yeah every letter here yeah every letter here except richards uses all caps on the pronoun game pro that's the thing i noticed most about this so, interesting yeah it's like i don't know i mean I'm, I'm, I'm assuming this is a typo not being a richard's letter but it just—it was funny to me that the most well-well-written letter is the one that did not have their little branding effort here. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yes, I am a psychopath, and I always notice shit like that and obsess over it. <laughs>
0: well, if they made them all the same,
1: then it would be clear that somebody's
0: editing, Josh.
1: Right. <laughs> but that's what I mean. That's like, what's the, what's the, what's the logic there? Is there a logic? Or is it just Aaron? Mm. I don't know. I can't. That's the the kind of shit I just sit around and think about. (laughs) Well, this is
0: 1989.
1: Maybe they just let it go through. They're
0: like, ah, legal says fine. Just let it roll. Let it roll. Yeah. There's no curse words. (laughs) We're good.
1: (laughs) The last letter from Paul Fletcher and Corpus Christi is kind of interesting, actually. Uh, He's bitching about a Metroid password that's in the first issue not working. Uh, He's likely, (laughs) even, even he points out that he's talking up to the font typeset incongruence. Like, uh you know the 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 in-game password shit is a, is a mess in that game so he's suggesting that maybe we should or maybe they should use screenshots for passwords to eliminate that possibility you know that that just put it into the magazine however the person especially because you know whoever was doing this probably didn't even play nintendo we've we've you know talked about mm-hmm. that before, how these these early game mag people weren't even necessarily game players which is insane but uh right how, how neophyte the industry was and so yeah so he's bitching about that and then the, the response game pro owns up to it and says in the future they will do just that and they have also issued a retraction in this issue's secret weapon section so yeah i just loved I don't know, just the writing in and like he's so upset about it that he's writing in and bitching about it. And then, you know, they like, yes, absolutely. We're going to we're going to address that. We'll fix that problem. <laughs> and then like it gets, it gets even the story gets even the narrative in this gets even better later. Uh, and I'll save until we get to that section. So there's a reason for listeners to listen on. But uh, yeah, it's super pretty fun. And it's fun that it's mm-hmm. Metroid, too, because Metroid's password system is just a nightmare. Uh, I know. I think you said you never really fucked with it much as a kid. But, dude oh it's so bad it's like capital and lowercase letters and you know every possible uh exclamation mark and a bunch of wacky ass symbols and stuff just not the kind of thing that you want to try to parse with like five pixels per character (laughs) (laughs) not a good not a good system at all um so not surprised that someone would have difficulty with it
0: no thank you another reason for me to not pick up metroid
1: well you don't need to worry about it now that's kind of the beauty of, of doing it now instead of back then because you can just safe state your way and not have to deal with passwords <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so we get three full page ads leading uh us into a five page cutting egg segment we get those uh two hal america ads that we've seen before from the last issue the last game pro adventures of lolo rollerball air fortress vegas dream and the game pro subscription pitch ad and it's new artwork on the game pro ad i think it's a uh, like a I, I, I using this in the in our header image for this episode and I post a lot of our social shit. It's like it's a pretty cool like a of just a, a bunch of random video game stuff uh, and, and very well done art, too. It's like Stay Puff Marshmallow Man and fucking I don't even know, like there's some Goombas in there. There's some Pac-Man characters, the ghosts like the crab from Super Mario 2 looks like the alien from. Like H. R. Geiger, aliens, Shinobi. I'm guessing is the ninja. Just like a a completely random smattering of video game characters. That is
0: all right. A random uh, bad guy from any picker Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah they all are bad guys. <laughs> I
1: guess that, that's worth noting for sure. Yeah. That is all bad guys. And yeah. They're like they're they're encroaching on this poor unsuspecting average Jude dude who's like backing away from them. You know. So
0: but Don't get caught without that game pro.
1: Fight him off. I must have this. Uh so there's there's what amounts to some fine print here that I enjoy a great deal. The game pro representative will need to talk to the person whose name appears on the card, which is basically their way of saying prepubescent voices need to have their parents call.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: right.
0: <laughs> like, don't even try, kids.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're 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 one step ahead of you. The next section is cutting edge, it's which is the it's their 16-bit console preview coverage. And the first one is headlined Genesis, the start of something big. And that's a nice headline.
2: <laughs> uh, right.
1: They talk about the renaming and the subtle design changes that were made to the please to made to please North American gamers. And I would love to have been a fly in the wall to hear the precise terminology used in the conference rooms where these decisions were made, like, you know, the. The, these these subtle designs. I, I always like. I don't know. There's a bunch of this uh, in all these magazines, but this one too. Like the localization efforts. Like I'm curious why you know Nintendo of America. Like what is their incentive to think like that? You know Americans need something that's just slightly different from what's being sold in Japan just, or, or how it's being sold rather. You know, like I, I'm so curious to know the
2: right like the, the,
1: the, <laughs> the, the, the not PC way they describe those differences and why those differences need to be addressed in the way they address them. Uh, they, the, they profile data East later in this magazine too. And these guys talk about this too. And I I love it even more when you have like these asshole executives in this early stage, early stage industry where, you know, they don't have any historical numbers to go on. They're just like, they have these beliefs and these way the ways they describe these beliefs and they had, they end up having either no founding or in the long run don't actually work out as the, these morons are describing how they're, you know, their beliefs to be so like i, I love i don't know i love i love those little things like those why they i don't know well, <laughs> what makes them believe these things that they want they're trying to All get right. to, like,
0: our, our people don't want to kill purple tanks not our kids what are you talking about what does that
1: mean uh yeah exactly. <laughs> we we'll get to that later. Uh, yeah uh,
2: anyways
1: Another soapbox opportunity there. Uh, the phrase hot titles is used twice in their Genesis pitch. I love that word. <laughs> or love that <laughs> phrase. Uh,
0: Fifteen hot titles.
1: <laughs> the, there's a much less excited sounding pitch of TurboGrafx-16 Turbo to follow. And right up front, they express apprehension uh, on that. <laughs> <laughs> and they're pointing out that that third-party developer support must be addressed before NEC can challenge Sega and Nintendo. And... It's, it's that's pretty much how I thought of the system as a kid as much as that, that little diatribe I just rattled off there about being wrong about things like that's that's how I think about it as a kid like I didn't know any of the games I didn't know anyone who had one of these things and you know like there's just there was nothing recognizable like you know Nintendo had Mario and Sega even Sega had I knew of they didn't have Sonic yet but like Altered Beast and some of the their main yeah. TV, I knew of these characters and I did know Bonk. I, I, have, I have this really entrenched fourth grade school cafeteria memory of a kid bringing in his Bonk's adventure cart. And, and like, yeah, I didn't know this kid. I don't even remember who the kid was. And my school was not big enough to not remember people, so I'm, that tells you how close we were. And they, like, I remember thinking both he and the thing he was holding were so weird. <laughs> you know, they had these, I don't know if you remember or even know, what 16 are, but they were these, like, cards. They weren't cartridges like oh yeah that. they were so
0: weird they were like
1: yeah it was like this
0: unicorn system
1: you know? right like what is this yeah oh yeah the cards looked like almost not quite credit cards but like that almost that thin and and small you know so Disky it was little things uh, yeah very 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 weird so that was uh yeah i mean i just that system was so bizarre to me I, it, was, it was obscure it was like
0: I, I felt the same way it was like you heard you read about it in a magazine You heard about it, you saw it or something, but, like, you didn't have a friend who had one, most likely, you know? It was just like, I I don't know what games are out there. Like, yeah, that was pretty much it.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I mean, Nintendo Power was the only gaming magazine I had any exposure to as a kid. So, like, I didn't even have, like, like GamePro was new at this time even. So, like, I didn't even have, you know, they didn't even exist. Like, that thing didn't even exist to me on some page somewhere, you know, like, like, I just uh-huh. didn't even like, I remember him like, what are you talking about? What is that? <laughs> 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 I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but
0: you know, what's funny though, like looking at this section, like if this was 1989 I'm nine years old, there's no way I was reading this magazine at this time, but somehow whether it was now or like a year later, I knew that like, for example, like the next page, you talk about super Famicom coming out. I remember being super excited about that because it was like, oh my gosh, the new version of the Japanese Nintendo was coming out and there's a new Mario. Like, I was aware that that was happening. And so I was, like, geeking out anytime there was, like, a mention of it or, like, a picture of it or anything. So, like, I, I know I was too young for this, but at the same time, I was somehow very much aware that this was happening.
1: Aware of it, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the, the I knew of... The super, you know, the super Famicom was, again, just, uh, the only thing I had exposure to was Nintendo stuff because that was the only magazine I had. So, yeah, right. I remember seeing, yeah, it was definitely, that was when I had my subscription was when, when that stuff was, it had come out in Japan and, like, they were talking about it. There were, you know rumors about it coming to the to the US and stuff so yeah I had some vague awareness of, of new systems coming and then the Sega Genesis hit so much before that happening too that like I knew of the Sega Genesis and I eventually got one too so obviously I knew about it but the uh, yeah it was it was I was not I was definitely not uh, if it wasn't Nintendo power I didn't know about it basically like I didn't know anything else happening you know <laughs> like, the, <laughs> right. I mean, the reason I got a Sega Genesis which was because a friend of mine, got one and yeah, i don't i have no idea how he would uh, how he got wind of it i'm sure maybe he had fucking this magazine i don't i don't know but uh <laughs> I, yeah I, the only reason i got it was because uh, like one of my best friends had one and like i, I played it and i was like this is cool please get me one <laughs> like yeah. I, I did i was not like brought it was not brought to my attention by the media you know what i mean yeah which is makes very sense very different than makes anything sense. so they mentioned how it's the the Still on the sixteen here. They mention how its optional CD-ROM player boosts computer memory power substantially. A highly technical explanation of the inner workings of the video game system. <laughs> like, Whoa. You know? Yeah, I love. I love. I just love how I don't know. Whenever they talk, again, just people who are not versed in this shit talking about really any computer related anything. I, I love that. Like the it's like a grandmother talking. It, 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 it's like yeah. It, it's how your grandmother references a computer's computing capacity you know what i mean <laughs> like your, your grandmother saying the word memory like that's exactly the context and 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 tone of their explanation here <laughs>
0: they can say anything really you know yeah. what i mean like i'm nine you know
2: yeah. I mean? <laughs>
1: you're right, you're right right but I, it's like, I think, but I'm you know, reading this as an adult now. Like, I can tell as an adult that this adult doesn't know. Like, yeah, as a kid, <laughs> it just flies by as a kid. But, like, I'm reading it now, like, this person didn't know anything about it either. <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> we know you're just an editor. We got it. We, we understand. <laughs> yeah.
1: The next section touches on handheld gaming to be, uh, and is flat out fucking insane, <laughs> in my opinion. They, they are contrasting the Game Boy. And Konami's handheld LCD game line, which right, I was so confused about that. I was so upset by it. They <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, like, so these yeah, these Konami handhelds were the same. They're basically the same exact thing as the Tiger handhelds. They're these you know these LCD things, uh, different. It's the same thing with different plastic casings, basically. Like the only one I remember seeing as a kid was the Ninja Turtle one. So they you know it, it says they're the number they did good numbers here, and you know I these probably Konami and they were all these. Games, Double Dribble, Gradius, Contra—that sold well on the NES, so they probably did all right. But I didn't see a lot of these things as a kid. There were much Tiger handhelds were much more prominent to me when I was little. Oh yeah. But they talk about these things. If you know either one of them, doesn't matter which one. The idea of comparing one of those to the Game Boy is hysterical. (laughs) It's ludicrous.
0: It's ludicrous. Like this, the like they those are what we had before our parents blessed us with the game boy then it was like bye-bye yeah all those uh, other ones i, I, I might have
1: i still i think i remember still buying a few of them after i had my game boy they were a different thing
0: really oh man i was done with them i was like once the game boy was there i was like nope i'm done give me game boy games yeah.
1: i mean Rated I again. you know like I, the first one i ever had was a double dragon one and I, I i think i had that before the game boy maybe i didn't get any more i think i might have just had the the double dragon and pinball Maybe I didn't get any more after that, and that probably would have put me put them before Game Boy. But, yeah, I, I don't know. The, the point is, like, I didn't even think of them. Like, they're not even the same subject to me. You know what I mean? Like, they're, yeah, not, they're not, not, not even at at the all. same wheelhouse. They have nothing to do with each other. One is a dumb toy. Another is a video game system. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, they, uh, yeah, just the idea of comparing them is hysterical. They, they, they go, like, the, the Konami official that they have interviewed here. It's beyond delusional. He, he goes, we work hard to make sure each game is strong. We don't expel, expect to sell a game on its name alone. But that's exactly what they're doing. They're basically making a scrap product, and they're putting Double Dribble, Gradius, and Contra on it. you know, And then Ninja Turtles, too, eventually. like These are all... <laughs> like, that's exactly they are what all doing. the exact same thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> With different yeah. skins. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and then he goes on, and Nintendo's huge price difference is co- is caused by Game Boy's ability to play a number of games. Like, yeah, that, and it's an actual game system capable of fun gameplay. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. fucking, yeah. it's fucking, it's, it's absurd.
0: Like, it is absolutely, it's funny, but thank you for the material.
1: Yeah, right. yeah I know. exactly, yeah. There's not a lot of fucking things covering this stuff, so it's nice to have some coverage, I guess, but. That story is fucking out there. <laughs> so they also they have a very short and seemingly bit resentful piece on the so-called Super Famicoms move to the U.S. So that like that's a, that's a language so-called. Like, you know, uh, I, I, uh, I don't know. They, they they mentioned Nintendo could not be reached for comment. So maybe that's why they're pissy. Like, you know, the, the Nintendo didn't give them the time of day to give them a comment about this. You know, they're trying to cover their new product and they would even fucking acknowledge them anyways. And they, you know, it could have just been Nintendo was being secretive uh, to everyone. Maybe I don't you know, we don't know that for sure. But mm-hmm. it seemed it, Yeah, it seemed it, it seemed a little bitter. Like the whole mention, albeit brief, you know, seemed a little resentful to me, which is funny. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, I mean, especially if they were, you never know, they might have been promised like some special update and it never came. So they could have just been like, ah, we devoted space. So now we got to
1: reconfigure know. our magazines F- 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 it with F- nonsense. And that's why they use the phrase so-called. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so there's, there. there's also mention of a British developed machine called the Konix multi-system. And uh, so they also use so-called so-called dream machine. So yeah, that's just such a weird phrase to use. So called. Like it's not
0: the so-called? Maybe yeah, they're so-called just miss maybe they're using the wrong, wrong they, phrase. Like,
1: they don't know what it the person didn't know what it means. Like it means I think anyways, I'm pretty sure so called means like you're wrong, like you're you're you know, you're 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 calling it the wrong thing. Like you're like as if you're yeah. using, you know, using the wrong terminology for something and like it's so called, uh, you know, not like so-called, as in, you know, this is what you call it, <laughs> right? right you know, yeah, <laughs> not to pick apart English again, but uh, yeah, I never heard of this fucking machine, man. <laughs> I found a great company promo video for it. Oh my god, it's like four and a half minutes of just, oh, it's just late '80s awesomeness to the max, dude. <laughs> it, had, it had like the opening graphic sequence is like, oh, I don't even know what to compare it to. It just, it just screams 80s graphics work (laughs) like there's like this uh they have a like the whole systems uh like they're the big selling thing with it is that it's like a all-in-one gaming environment dude so they have the idea you're not even supposed to necessarily be plugging it into your tv like they, they want you to buy this thing that they're as part of their experience that they're selling. It looks like an arcade machine almost. It's got the TV built into it, and it's what? it's got a chair. It also has controller peripherals that can transform. So it's got like a steering wheel that can also transform into bike handlebars and also transform into airplane kind of that, you know, the two-sided air. Not not the one, the joystick jet fighter thing, but like the the two-handed plane control. I don't know what you technically call those, but this, yeah, this thing can be turned into that. So that's crazy as fuck, and yeah, the, the 3D rendering of this cockpit chair that they're selling is just, oh my god, it looks fucking hilarious, dude. It just looks hilarious. <laughs> it's just, I it's the eighties for an incredible time. The <laughs> and the, the, the system also, this is incredible. The games are on standard 3.5 inch diskettes for, in quotations in the video, for real cost effectiveness. So they're just the games come on traditional 3.5 inch floppies that you see for PCs. What?
0: And stuff. This looks so weird. It looks, I mean, it looks like arcade attachment.
1: Right. Okay. Very wild. But they did, yeah. You know, you know how I feel about diskettes, so that kind of that was kind of exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I and... uh, yeah, never heard of just a this everything about it was like never seen that before, never heard of that before, uh, which is pretty wild that uh, an entire system happened.
0: Or maybe yeah. it didn't. Maybe it just failed to launch. Oh yeah, it did.
1: It, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, I should mention it. It didn't actually come out. It 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 they really never got past. Like I think it like it lightweight came out in in Europe like a mm-hmm. like a tentative half-assed release, but it never got enough traction there despite, you know, like the video is, is geared towards it coming to America and it, you know, and they never even came close to getting that far. So yeah, it, it absolutely failed. Uh, and I guess, you know, based on the, you know, technically it probably looked better than these other, I don't know if they're supposed to be 16 bit systems, but it, it looked better than what was available at the time, 8 bit for sure. And I, you know, I think maybe just the hardware, was too far along that it didn't scale in a cost-effective way you know what i mean i think lot mm. what their problem ended up being based on the research that i did about it so the last thing in this cutting edge section here is the ljn roll and rocker nes controller peripheral and talked about that on here before too but it's the thing you stand on and you also still need a controller plugged into the side of to do the buttons for so uh i'm absolutely certain GamePro was paid to put this here <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing about it that's cutting edge and it's been around for a while now and it's a total piece of shit so you would never for sure it, uh in a positive light if you were not paid to do so <laughs>
0: but hey go ahead and check it out
1: yeah <laughs> go ahead and check it out yeah. So we get some more more full pages we've seen before. Jalico's hoops on NES, as the song we uh, or the the opening title track, uh, our opening music track rather, alludes to and acclaims remote controller for the NES. A proceed a new ad that I love a great deal here. Okay, so I'm going to talk about this way longer than we should, but oh, <laughs> so uh, it, it's this full page ad that's for the Ultimate Game Club. To, to join the ultimate game club is the name of it and it's a poorly designed ad that is of a certain time <laughs> and is the kind of ad you'd, you'd never see in a top flight magazine basically like, this is only going to be in a second tier magazine like game pro like it, it's <laughs> I, I i feel like it you know it's it's in you see it in comic books you see it in kid mags like boy's life i don't know if you had boy's life as a kid but just they're, they're not you're never going to see this in fucking time magazine it's just never what a million years would happen you know and, and part of that's because obviously the target market is kids but nonetheless like it's just it's just a very second rate ad so they are in essence <laughs> it's a used video game store is in essence what it is and it's a used video game store they came up with this crazy ass marketing idea and you know you can buy sell trade games like any used video game store would that and that was kind of common not common but it was definitely it existed in a lot of places mail order used video game stores at the time so that was not novel but what's extra amazing about this is they're selling a membership to a (laughs) so-called club and the parameters of this club are (laughs) here's the flow chart you send them ten dollars you get a free club membership diploma and subscription to their quarterly newsletter and catalog no parameters are specified in the duration of your membership for this price. Like they don't mention Like it's not like a year membership. It's not a two year, you know, there's six months. There's no mention of time. So you just, you pay the $10 and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and they also mention that for every 10 friends, you get to join the club, you get a free game of your choice. So Ooh. do the math on that, Jay. I don't know if you got your calculator out, but go out and source a hundred dollars for them. The cost of goods sold of which is maybe what? five six seven dollars for these all these newsletters and 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 catalogs they're going to send out and that also sell products of theirs too and then they will give you a used video game with a value of maybe what 20 bucks like that's savages they're just savage that's such a savage savage business model. Uh, and that's it dude that's, those are all the perks like they're they, they say there's, some, there's discounts plus monthly specials but you know fuck off like you're just that's just a Coupons that you would have anyways. You know what I mean? It's like it's insane. It's a fucking insane, insane thing to sell to human beings. And I just can't believe that's possible. Like I can't believe there wasn't some sort of law or rule against something like this. (laughs) (laughs) This
0: is great. Like I I, just no
1: words. (laughs) Yeah. The bottom of the ad references a next page that does not exist to add to their credibility. So it's like there's like a little (laughs) arrow and it says like, look on the next page, and the next page is not anything to do with this ad and there is no other part of this ad anywhere in the magazine so
0: yeah I was very confused at that
1: yeah they're not even fucking really editing their own advertisements at all and the one thing that isn't scathing that I'll say about this is they picture one of those how to win a Nintendo game books by Jeff Robin and mm-hmm. I fucking love these I have these that was a solid book man solid yeah. books back then yeah I used to score these from the scholastic book club events at school yes
0: have man
1: yes. yes love those <laughs>
0: My daughter has those now, and it's, like, brought me back. Did
1: they nuts. still do them? Did they, st- they, they can't possibly still get those little flimsy newspaper things, can they? I think they still do. Really? They, st-
0: they still do. Yeah, man. I, yeah. I'm that's telling you. That's what I'm saying. It brought me right back. I was like, whoa, look yeah, at Yeah, that's actually a question. Like, I went to my daughter's, I, like, I went with her to one of them just because, you know? So they do them after so school? Yeah, right after school. It's like in the library. You go in and like all the books that you want or like, you know, you know your section. Like there's the the Minecraft section. You got the, like the Wizards of Warriors section. You got like the you know, the different grades section, you got like the puzzles and all that. Like I totally remember that. Like so many like I, I still remember this awesome, like it's still in the packaging to this day at my mom's house. This red freaking Lamborghini picture that
1: oh, i was yes, so excited yes, to get. oh my god
0: yes, yes 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 you know what i'm talking about i yeah. sat it on the shelf all my life i never took out of the package i just sat it on my shelf all my life still at my
1: mom's house yeah. to this day. Yeah, they had those posters. yeah those remember the sports illustrated posters for the fucking i the i can remember the jim kelly one just viscerally uh <laughs> they, they had them you know, all the, a bunch of players they had a ton of those they, they, they were like they had the the picture was like the you know the I don't know. Top 90% was just the picture, and the bottom had a little colored bar that had Sports Illustrated logo and the player's name. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. And they oh, came. Yeah. They, they came, in though they came, they were like they were not roll-up posters. They came in with the cardboard backing, and they were like, yeah. <laughs> you you, you had to like flip through them like records, you know what I mean? In, in the oh, little yeah. box they came in, and then yeah, it's insane. Then you got to carry that around with you the rest. Because yeah, mine weren't. <clears throat> it's funny you say they were after school for you, and that they're after school for your daughter. I remember them being at lunchtime like I would have to they would give us the flyer in advance you take that home and I remember right. having to like beg for money to take with me to school because at lunchtime or something we would go in and without parental supervision <laughs> and spend the money uh, which if you think about it was probably very calculated <laughs> right? like, a parents gonna go in and tell you know about things but like a kid can go in there and just go willy-nilly and do whatever they want as long as they have the money so uh, that's, that's probably, it was probably a very calculated way of doing it just to make sure like the kid got the money from home. There was, like, there's no enemy. Like you get, okay. So like if you go with your parents, the kid gets there and like, there's just, there's just a chance for the parent to say no. Like if a kid gets that sure. money from home. Once that money's in their hand, it might as well be
0: it's spent. Time. It's spent,
1: 100%. <laughs> There's no change being left. They're going to buy up every little penny. No yep. chance that it doesn't get spent. So it's just a very smart way of doing business for that, for that kind of thing.
0: But, you know, now that you say that, like, I know, because I went with my daughter, hers was after school. But, like, I think at my school, like my elementary school, I'm pretty sure mine was at lunchtime, too. And I think, yeah, I think it was the same situation as yours, because, like, if you didn't do it, like at lunch, then the kids are going to be jumping on the bus after school and they would have no opportunity for sure. Right. You know, except for me who lived like in the neighborhood, you know, so yeah, I,
1: I definitely had a bus to deal with. Yeah. I, I fucking those were awesome, man. Yeah. I had I had <laughs> the, these specific books, dude. I, I mean, I have one sitting on the bookshelf behind me, the jab found at home and sent to me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, there, the, this red, this red one was the first one I had that one for sure. The green one is number two. I have that one sitting behind me right now. And then the yellow. One was the third one. I had that one as well. So yeah, I had all three of these. And they were like, they had no pictures in them. They were just, you know, it was just written stuff about the video games, which is like, how do you cover like gameplay without pictures, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Was, what a crazy, crazy time. Uh, but those were fantastic. I had a bunch of, the, yeah, a ton of Nintendo books, dude. From, yeah. You know, Give
0: things. me the cheats. Whatever form you got them, I'll take them. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't care how they got I'll figure it out. And even if I don't, uh, I'll be happy I tried. <laughs> right. next is a four page comic the adventures of game pro alex west is the protagonist and he is such a scott summers-esque comic book alpha <laughs> like, <laughs> right of course like, why not uh, like he's just you know he's supposed to be a computer programmer like look at this dude <laughs> he looks like fucking a uh, fucking helicopter pilot or something
0: um, <laughs> he's got the zach morris <laughs> yeah, right. round hair yeah he looks,
1: yeah it's uh,
0: he's got his he's got his jeans on with his uh, button down tucked in. You
1: yeah, know. Right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, be, yeah that, maybe that's not the jeans. They would be slacks but uh
0: maybe because he's at home right it looks like he's at
1: home i guess yeah, yeah he comes home he them, that's a that's a beautiful idea if, if you really flesh that out he comes home takes off his slacks from work puts on his jeans and then tucks the shirt back in <laughs> <laughs> before he sits down right. and plays video games like that's incredible to think about. Right. Oh uh, man. I expected to fucking hate this, Jay, but both the writing and the artwork are pretty fucking good as far as comics go. <laughs> I got into this thinking I was just gonna absolutely hate it. And I was kind of it's kind of good. <laughs> I
0: was also apprehensive, like, man, I don't want to read this thing. But I liked it. But you know what? It's also very similar to the pilot uh to the plot of
1: Future Man.
0: You ever see that on Hulu?
1: I have not. No, that's a, it's a new thing, or it's, it's a... Oh, uh,
0: yeah, thing. so it's... uh. Well, no, nah, it's new. I've watched it probably maybe within the last three years I've watched it. At some point in the last three years, it's been probably actually in the last year or two, um, like a full two seasons, I think, of this show on Hulu, and it's basically the same situation where <laughs> this guy is... Uh, not, not a programmer, he's actually just a slacker He's like a janitor or something, but he's Amazing at this video game And he gets to the end He beats this, you know, hard-to-be Game, and these people Show up, and they're basically from the future, and they're like Hey, you're the one who's gonna fucking save us from the future And of all this crazy <laughs> shit that happens I mean And, and like, the characters that, that Have come back are so freaking funny Like, the writing is so hilarious, at least at first That it's just It's it's funny. It's so good. It's so funny.
1: For adults, or is it written for kids? Definitely written
0: for adults. (laughs) Definitely written for adults. You definitely do not want to watch it with the
1: kids. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I haven't heard of that. It sounds like the kind of thing that would have have absolutely somehow graced my radar. That's interesting. Yeah. So Um, if
0: you if you I I'm not a Hulu subscriber anymore, but if it's still there, check it out. Future Man, pretty
1: pretty funny. We got it. I'll check it out. The I'm looking for shit to watch right now. Look that <laughs> later too. I'm watching some pretty crazy shit right now. Just to fill time. But the, uh, I looked up the writer and artist Francis Mao because, like I said, I'm mm. impressed. So I couldn't track down an exact resume, but appears that he has some pretty legit work uh, under his belt, dude. He he did some shit for Star Wars. He was the creative director at Capcom for quite a while. Whoa. So yeah, he did he did like some of the superhero transition stuff over to there. Uh, so yeah, that all checks out, man. Um, nice. I, I think like he, the, the hood of figure. It's all dark and yeah, <laughs> mysterious, very, very Doctor Doomish. The, right. the like the it's, it actually worked it into our, our title or our header fucking image for the episode too. But the 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 I guess it's the what is this the third page? Yeah, the third page of it has that. It's like almost a half page panel that. It's like the you know a climactic event. It's just, it just it really did a good job of capturing kind of the Marvel style of of storytelling oh, yeah. illustrations. You know, like the like it, it makes me think of my fa- my probably favorite X Men storyline ever, the Fatal Attractions, where the Wolverine loses adamantium. And we've talked about that before too. But the you know the the the, the main image where he gets it ripped out of him.
0: Oh yeah, very
1: in line does. with this, where it's like this. You know, the full page huge thing where like this incredibly terrible thing is happening to the main character, to a character, you know. Uh, Yeah, very, 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 very inspired by the present comic situation. And the guy did a good job of capturing that. And that's could have easily went errant like that kind of when you're trying to emulate something like that. You can easily fuck it up. <laughs> so the guy. Did it's, a, it's
0: a very, very solid comic from that perspective for sure. Yeah. Like it's definitely not your Howard and Nestor. Like, right. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah.
1: It's, it does not look. Yeah. It looks. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, the reason I started looking it up was because I assumed this guy had worked for one of the major comic comic book shops. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it was, it was so well done. So anyways the story is centered around we can you can kind of dabble in with it a little bit but the story is centered around some regular computer programmer dude who does not look at all <laughs> like like he does his job uh but he's, he's playing a video game that is yeah actually a proving ground instituted for some alien races need to find a hero to save both their planet and earth from some intergalactic threat so just as he he like he's sitting at home he's trying to beat this fucking game it's difficult just when he does it when he, when he beats the game, they zap his ass to their lair and they drop, <laughs> yeah, they drop this bomb on him that he, he has to, you know, he's now going to have to deal with. And they, you see him in his costume for the first time, and then it's, you know, TBC to be continued. So it's basically just the setup of where the story is going. And I look forward to seeing where it goes.
0: I was going to say, next issue.
1: Yep. The. A two-page ditty closes out uh, Act 1 of the mag here, and it's hot at the arcades. And three games featured are Final Round from Konami, which is a boxing-styled head-to-head fighter, Operation Thunderbolt from Taito, which appears to be a like exact clone <laughs> of Operation Wolf in every single way, so, like, <laughs> it's funny that like they mention like this hottest arcade title in america and like and then later in the magazine you see that they're trying to we got to make it again <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> the exact same thing again and make the exact same amount of money <laughs> <laughs> give it the same thing only different right and well talk, yeah they didn't even bother with different they're just like make it again and put <laughs> <different> <laughs> <things on." laughs> uh so then the last thing is turbo outrun from sega which is a little more than another of many sequels to the outrun series mm. Uh, these were always good though, in in my opinion. I don't know if you remember Outrun games, but that was a Outrun was a game that was like in every arcade, and I remember. Oh, it. for
0: sure. I mean, you had to. I mean, yeah, that was one of the games you had to play. Like when you got into racing, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I'm not. I wasn't never been a racing fan, but that was always one. I was like, yeah, because it had it had the pedal and the stick shift, I believe. And you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> the Altered Beast Game Over theme for the Sega Master System, bringing us into the meat of the Game Pro sandwich here, (laughs) with their Pro Views (laughs) section. The Nintendo Entertainment System titles come first, because Nintendo always comes first, and the first game featured is a three-pager on Mylan's Secret Castle, which comes to us from Hudson Soft. Uh, Did I I say
0: Mylan's? I was like, Villains? Mylan's?
1: That one, I often get these wrong. Uh, actually, the thing I sent in to the Atari podcast. <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do, you, do you remember? Uh, I'm forgetting what it was right way now. Solaris, Solaris on the Atari. Oh yes. This? yes, yeah Yes, it's like it's a very late stage. It came on '86, dude, like a very late stage game. So I was comparing all throughout the thing I sent in to Ferg. The book <laughs> I'm talking about this. I'm like, I'm talking about how Solaris is better than the game that the thing is on. So, I'm, but I'm calling it the wrong. I'm calling it Solaris. I think. It's Solaris, I, whatever, whatever the wrong thing is. That's what I was calling it the whole time while I'm saying, <laughs> while I'm saying how much better it is than the game, the, the, the piece is on. So like, yeah, I'm, I always, I fucking, I'm bad with pronunciations, uh, but no, I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty yeah. sure I've heard it called Milans before. Milans. OK, I'm going to correct him. Milans, Milans, Milans. Let's roll. All right. <laughs> so I see Francis Mao did the cool illustration spanning these first two pages. Also, uh, they, they had they put this dude to work.
0: Okay, it looks very uh
1: Mega Man-ish. Yeah, it does. I agree. You yeah, know, I love Mega Man too. I yeah. like it. Uh the very weird thing done layout wise though, they take this awesome illustration that is spread across two pages, they lop off the outer quarters of it, and then use the remaining two inner quarters as the illustration on the third page of the feature. You know what I mean? Like they repeat the animation. What? That is so weird. What you the... see that like
0: it is the exact same. You're right.
1: Yeah. Very weird. I did not notice that. Very weird. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. <laughs> it's just a very weird <laughs> layout design choice, you know? Not that I'm a fucking magazine layout person. Maybe that's fine. I don't know what the uh, best practices are, but just seemed weird to me. Maybe uh, they had one and they were
0: just like, we don't have a second. We got a second image? Nah. I don't know. What do we do, Jimmy?
1: Yeah. Just yeah, they, they shrink things- it. <laughs> yeah, they did remove the blue sky background. So it kind of appears to be at night now. But other than that, I don't know. <laughs> like I like, said, so they had Francis working so fucking hard. They, he must have been like, look, dudes, I'm only one man. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? you gotta fucking scale the labor back a notch, you know, a little bit. I can't do all this. We gotta fucking repurpose this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need a break, guys. Yeah. Uh, I fiddled with this game before, but I've never taken the time to learn the story. And they open the piece with that, and it's far more, inter- more far more interesting of a story than I would have guessed. I, you know, the 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 uh, here it goes like this: the land of Hudson, where this dude lives, is populated by a people that communicate exclusively with music, which is its own interesting concept, I think. Great. And Milan, for whatever reason, cannot speak this language, so he like goes to. He's like he decides that because he can't fucking talk to anyone, he's gonna go to the king and uh or he's going to leave rather he's going to go to another place and then in doing that he finds out things are going poorly and then he goes to the king and or the queen or something and she tells him that like you know please help us and that's how the the, the setup goes but just a very interesting idea that like an entire populace speaks with music and that there's one person there who cannot speak that language is a very interesting context to set up a game and you know
0: i thought the same thing i was i saw that and i was like this has an interesting premise i might have to jam on it given time
1: yeah i fired it up for a refresher i'd, I'd it's funny like I, I was like i don't think i played this so i fired it up and i immediately started playing I like, oh i have played this and yeah so like the the beginning of this game like the third door outside of it so you start in front of this castle and you, the, the, the third door dead ends at an area with a platform that you just cannot jump to and it's like I, like I went through the first two doors and all the way through the room. The first one's a, a play area. The second one's a store and then going to the third door. And I got to that point and like I got there and I was like, oh, yeah, this is the last time I fucked with this game. This is exactly where I was like, what the fuck? And turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> so the exact same thing happened to me. So I'm guessing that it's not the most intuitive solution, whatever it may be. So. um Yeah, I mean, I think it might be a good game by action platformer with RPG element standards, but it's a little cartoony, and like I said, I got stuck at that same place twice, so, yeah, I don't know. know. Mm, Uh, Gotcha. Makes sense. Yep. So Hudson is doing some calculated marketing before the next ProView with a full-page ad on a controller product of theirs, the JoyCard Sansui SSS, which is short for Stereo Simulator System. And that is a lot of name. <laughs> really? Yeah, they tout it as another dimension in Nintendo fun. And that's that's a nice and bo- boastful tagline. Uh, it wasn't a piece of shit, but or rather, if it wasn't a piece of shit, it was probably pretty cool. It's it's modeled in the style of a regular NES controller, but it has little small turbo switches and a stereo headphone jack on it. Like
0: that, oh, but it's got those little those broke down like. Wiry headphones that they give you on, like the Delta Flight,
1: that, that are like <laughs> yeah, right. they, they look like they look to me. I think those are Game Boy headphones, dude. Though it has the red and the blue thing that were those were that was a Game Boy headphone thing, remember?
0: Was it? I don't remember those.
1: Yeah, the Game Boy headphones had the little red and the blue things on the that exact part of the earpieces. I mean, I don't know, you know I don't remember them well enough to know for sure. And I think it had that angled thing too on the Game Boy One. And yeah, dude, they, those look like Game Boy headphones to me, hmm. which is weird because the Game Boy's not out yet. I don't know. I don't know what that would be behind that, but maybe dude, this whole thing was weird to me.
0: I like, I we're talking about this as an ad. I looked at this for like five minutes and I was like, "What is going on here? Is this controller for these games?" I was like, "Is this a Hudson Soft ad?" It was like, "What is happening here?" Like. Such a confusing layout.
1: Yeah, to it's me. Definitely, me. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's if you're going to, if you're a game company that's going to put out peripherals, that's probably the way to do it. That it's like this helps you play our games better, you know. But some uh, some cross marketing shit going on there. But it does have, <laughs> it does have the Nintendo Sealed of Quality on it, and not all these third. It's, you know, it's because they had that relationship with the games where they already were getting that. But I, I assume, anyways, uh, it's probably has a lot to do with it. Like a company that wasn't making games for nintendo and already wasn't getting the nintendo seal quality probably would have a much harder time even initiating that conversation for a peripheral you know what i mean so that That makes sense do with it but still you don't see the nintendo seal quality on third-party peripherals very often if at all to be honest with you i don't know if i've ever seen it so true
0: but Uh, is but is it is the nintendo seal of quality on that peripheral, or is it yeah, that's, just that's a great, on the games? That's, I think it's just on those games, you yeah. know, because Dino Riki, amazing game, Adventure Island, good game, Bomberman. We know that there's Super Bomberman and all that. So, yeah.
1: well, dude, do I don't any, know any any Nintendo game advertising at all except for Tengen have the Nintendo Seal quality. So it's not that's true. I'm not that's true. Seeing the the, the individual games shown if they if they're Nintendo games. For the most part, they have the seal quality. But thats that did not cross my mind. That's a very good point that it could very well have nothing to do with that controller. Uh, but it looks like the fact that I misconstrued it is, a, again, very good marketing.
0: <laughs> right? Either way, Joy Card Sansui is very happy
1: right now. Yeah. Or they were back then. Yeah, just in general, this made me think the ads in Game Pro are so much more interesting than those in Nintendo Power. Uh, mostly because they're random in Bush League. Uh, but I, you know, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> right. The Eliminator, the most badass game journalist around, is back for the next NES Pro view a two-pager for SNK's Guerrilla War. Oh, man. Yeah, the big illustration here seems to be depicting a war train in the background. So perhaps we were incorrect in our presumption during the Jackal playthrough about war train. War trains were <laughs> Right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was a thing. Clearly. Uh, yeah.
0: Man, after reading this, i actually picked it up man like I, I i i played through the whole first level it was really freaking fun man like yeah upgradable weapons like but you're like a person like it's not like Jackal, you know like you're a person running around like the controls is really smooth as a one and two player but like you can jump into web like jump into tanks and like yep. like you upgrade the tanks and it's got like, these awesome like contra-esque weapons like it's it's really freaking fun, man. Ten minutes of reckless abandon. It
1: was nice, <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's 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 an you know an identical clone of Commando, Akari Warriors. The the, the Akari Warriors tank thing is identical, uh, but there's a hostage rescuing aspect to it. So Commando did have that. Akari Warriors didn't. But uh, so yeah, it, it, it the actual gameplay is really fucking good, dude. It's it's I mean. If it wasn't, I kept the-
0: accidentally killing the people. I was at first, oh, I was yeah. just smashing through, and I was like, "Wait a minute! Oh no, I gotta save the people." That's the whole, you
1: know, that the reason that's <laughs> why the, the prisoner thing is so important to a game like that, because mm-hmm. otherwise you were just blindly spraying everything you see, and that's, you know, not really any fun. I don't think, or at least not challenging. Uh, maybe right. it is fun if you're just like killing shit, but. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Uh if, if, you know, if, if, I think we'd have a blast co-oping on that game actually if it wasn't it's just too soon. <laughs> to Jackal, I think to really consider talking about that, but uh the quality of the game is very good, I agree. And the next thing here, the eliminator is back again for a two-pager on goal. And, <laughs> and there's an exclamation point in the title, so you got to say it like that. <laughs> I like Jalico as a sports publisher. Those uh, are the bases loaded peeps. And while I fucking loathe soccer as a sport for the most part, I have found soccer games to often be fun in the past. I played the fuck out of FIFA 64 when I first got my Nintendo 64 because I really, yeah, I bought the 64 used, and that was it was just thrown into the bundle, and it was one of the few games I had, you know. So I ended up playing it a ton, and yeah, it was a great game in all honesty, and. Uh I love and I mentioned before I I love and own the Kunio Kun World Cup game on NES too the soccer game. So yeah, it's it's kind of like I was, I've said for hockey like I don't like the sport itself. I just cannot find more boring, but the the games are often more enjoyable uh than the, the the watching the sport tends to be. So
0: man, I cannot do it. I just can't like soccer as a game. Like I can only get into it if it's like an event or something like that like a video game like nah no thanks yeah.
1: no have you, uh, have you ever even tried
0: I have but it was like I couldn't even tell you what version it was it was probably back in like something like the n64 or something like way back you know mid-generational I don't know word, word, it's not my it's not my game as like it's not really my jam just as a sport in general so like the game like getting me to play as a video
1: game is just like eh, why yeah, you really know? Difficult, yeah. No, I feel that I feel apprehension the yeah I, I never fucked with this game specifically uh, so I fired it up uh, the, the title screen crank is really good Game, man. Yeah, it has a ton of play mode options. A couple of different tournament styles and a shootout mode, and the actual in-game play is it's this. It's like a slightly angled top-down view of the field, you know. So it's that's just interesting. you don't see that on the NES. Like hmm. I feel like, except on like NCAA football,
0: like that one version that was awesome.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> like mean, an angle field. N- NES play action, you mean? But yes, yes. oh yeah, 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 yeah. Very similar, but a little bit. No, I mean that. I guess that was a little isometric too, or a little bit to the down side, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean you were kind of you weren't directly top down at an angle. No, definitely. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, so it was kind of, yeah kind of kind of very similar. And the controls are. Like, not, you know, soccer, like any kind of sports game on the NES, like the the potential for the controls sucking are sky, you know, sky high. And it controlled pretty well. It like, it it kind (laughs) of, this is is a knock. This is, this is a, it's funny how this is like such a a, a serious knock on the sport of soccer, but such a compliment to a game about it. But it kind of perfectly encapsulates the constant back and forth nothing is really happening here nature of the game of soccer <laughs> like, there's a ton of like just you know like the guy takes it and then he runs a little bit and then someone whacks him and takes it the other way and like you know nothing ever really happens it's just kind of just back and forth fucking uh exercise in futility you know that's kind of what soccer is so like it did a good job of capturing that and you know if you like that uh maybe this game would be for you hmm. so That was surprising. Yeah, I I mean, I I turned it on expecting like, this is going to be fucking four minutes of my life I want back, but (laughs) it 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 was pretty impressive. The next one up is two pages on Capcom Strider, and the only sentence you need to know from these two pages is, here you analyze acquired data disks. Boom. Data discs. Moving <laughs> on. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, we talked about that for Nintendo Power. We don't need to talk about that anymore. It looks good here, too. And the Eliminator hits us again with two pages on ImageSoft's Super Dodgeball. We've talked about this as well. But how about that NYC court screenshot? Like, where in the city would this court have to exist? To right. In the background, you know? Like, Empire State Building set to the left, straight on, at eye level the statue of liberty's head up close like that like think about where that would have to be physically like it would have to be built in the harbor somewhere right
0: you would have to be on the freaking island where yeah you'd have
1: to be in the west side yep of liberty island (laughs) in the somehow angled
0: high enough so that you're like
1: exactly you have to be in this like high-ass built-up platform Next to the Statue of Liberty, like that, <laughs> that's a crazy ass place, you know. <laughs> to, to have a to have a dodgeball court, and I would love that. Right, America,
0: <laughs> America, yeah. competitive dodgeball right here yep. in the
1: bay. It's, just, it's only a matter of time, Jeff. <laughs> the last Tendo Pro View is a two-banger on Activision's Stealth ATF, which I'd never seen before, but love how it plays into our jackal conversation about how hot button of a word stealth was in the military zeitgeist. Right?
0: <laughs> you Strap know? yourself in. Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the copy of the piece makes it sound like a hardcore flight sim, which I neither think is a game format that he has to be capable of, or would be a game I'd be into even if it was, you know, so right. I was not optimistic about fucking with it. But BT Gundam, the writer, does mention a multiplayer feature that has me, like, had me kind of, like, mildly curious. I, I, I was thinking, like, okay, Top Gun, if it had a good two-player mode, like, that would have been really sweet, you know, so maybe that's what this is. Uh, so I fired it up, and... As the Activision developer had me guessing, both the Kitchen Boys, the the two that I interviewed for batteries Included, worked on this baby, which is great. Gary directed it, and he and Dan did some programming on it, so that is cool. And I actually caught myself caring while playing and trying to take down some of the bogeys once they <laughs> once they got off my six, once they got off my six. But uh, yeah, the NDS can't do a game like this. Uh, it's just fucking. It's just not possible. know. ah, uh, uh, dang. So. Bummer. Nice. Nice try, Dan and Gary. But I did try the two player like just to see if it was split screen or what. You know, like I mean, like that was like that. You know, when I heard that, I was like, how the fuck would that even be implemented on NES? You know, and it was not split screen and I did not understand how it could be employed otherwise. Like I was like I was Googling videos trying to find two player play and have someone explain to me how it might have worked because I have a second player here. And uh, yeah, dude, I I don't see how they could have possibly implemented two players in it. You know.
0: Would they had like, did they have one person controlling the movements of the plane and the other person just controlling, like, the shooting and stuff?
1: No, no, it's, it's no, it's a, like, I think it, I, I kind of was able to gather maybe that you control, the second player control one of the other, the enemy planes, but how yeah. the fuck, you know, like, yeah, how the fuck? <laughs> like, if, <laughs> if they don't get their own windshield, first person perspective, like, how? How is that possible? Uh, so, yeah, I just can't yeah. it could have possibly got implemented. but hmm. Would be interesting to find out. Maybe I'll ask Dan. The Sega is next in the ProView pecking order, uh, just like last time, and they start us off with three titles we've talked about quite a bit already, Altered Beast, Rastan, and Vigilante. And it's occurring to me, or was occurring to me, as I, I went through our second game pro here, that uh, until they really start offering up, Hard hitting editorial opinions on this on these games, the game feature portions of the Game Pro Mag are gonna mm-hmm. like of these episodes of ours are gonna be pretty fucking boring because we're gonna be talking about all games we've already seen in the proprietary magazines with no new opinions on them. You know what I mean? So I was
0: wondering the same thing. I was like, wait a minute, this is like some heavy coverage of these same games. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So why that's, are we
0: still talking about these games?
1: Right, right. So I mean, you know, that's that the the, the cross or the differing perspectives was the point, but they're not offering different perspectives. They're just showing the games. Like I thought there were, I thought from the jump that Pro would be having more of an editorial component to it. And it does not appear to, at least not yet. But I, you know, I've, I've read a bunch. The reason I thought that is because I've read a bunch just kind of talking about the video game coverage landscape landscape of this time period. The Game Pro was very, You know, if they want, if they felt scathing about a game, that's how they spoke of it. You know what I mean? So that's like the general thought about GamePro. So I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that that kicks in soon because otherwise, what the fuck is the point? We do get a Data East full pager for bad dudes in this little sequence here. And they're talking shit here that I thought might hit home pretty hard for you, Jay. And the, 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 the blurb here is, check it out for yourself. The martial arts excitement of bad dudes makes Double Dragon play like a dinosaur one soon mm. to be extinct tell me that how, how that makes you feel jay <laughs> yeah. inside how does it make you feel <laughs> Dude,
0: that's a those are some big words man like bad dudes okay yeah
1: they are and i i to be honest i'm not a bad dudes fan at all i think you spoke highly of it before but i'm not a really a big fan uh it, it's funny that, that this being right before the vigilante pro view which is also a Data East game with white guys in muscle tank tops doing kung fu against street gangs in an urban setting. (laughs) I find that very interesting to me. Uh,
0: I I was like, well, yep, here we go. Your quintessential 80s, early 90s tank top wearing mohawks. (laughs) They're everywhere. That's what they look like.
1: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) They're all wearing belts tucked in. I like that. It's it's, very neat. It's almost like conflicting... From the same company you're getting two pages of conflicting ideas but <laughs> um, anyways the the first thing we haven't seen before uh, in this pro section on sega shit is galaxy force which gets two pages to close sega section out and it is as the title suggests a space shooter the piece describes a game that could be most any space shooter <laughs> as most <laughs> space, space shooter descriptions go save for some tunnel stages that i thought maybe could be interesting And it does mention that you can get a better ending if you ace this fucker without using continues. And I like the sound of that challenge. Mm. The game doesn't suck. You know, having alternate endings is a level of effort that is rather rare at this point with video games. So I fired it up and tried to find out what was up with this baby. And there's some really cool presentation shit going on with the, the scene select screen and the game... Looks almost on par with arcade shit in this genre at the time, which is really, yeah, pretty impressive. Uh, the animation in game though is really choppery, it, it reminds me a lot of the Afterburner on uh, SS. Okay, so, yeah. I mean, so it's just like it just did not have this a smooth enough frame rate to make like a high speed game, fly, a flying game like this, look good, you know. Uh, so I got through the like the, you open the game and this like just kind of open space stage. And I got through all the way, like, you know, I didn't just turn it the fuck off. I got all the way through that to a tunnel stage that looked to be the most appealing thing in the pictures to me. And like, I died immediately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <the tunnel. laughs> so those were harder for sure. And like it, when it respawned me, I think it might even end the game. I think I had to continue. So I only had, you only get one life and it's like a one hit death situation too. I think, um, maybe now maybe get shields i can't remember but anyways the when it respawned me i did it it spawned me at the beginning of the open space stage again not in the tunnel and i was like oh fucking no way like i was going through that open space stage like shit is this what where's the end of this like <laughs> it's, it was it was long <laughs> as fuck so there's just no way i was going to replay that to try the tunnel component of it again you know so uh, yeah ultimately n- not a huge fan the last thing, the last ProView section is the Atari 7800. And, I, you know, we're skimming these at most, but I kind of, I think, I, w- I was thinking like I, maybe because you had a 7800, I kind of want to institute a defined segment here that we can call like the J-check <laughs> on the 7800 <laughs> titles. Like, did you own any of these games? Dark Chambers, Mission Impossible, and Airball?
0: Dude, I... Don't think I owned any of these. Like for Mission Impossible, I definitely know oh, I.
1: Oh no, no, did Jay! Not. Impossible Mission.
0: Oh, Impossible Mission. <laughs> <This> is a... <laughs> that is a, a completely different trademark. Yeah, completely I
1: different realm. I don't even fucking mix those two up. Definitely never had that.
0: Now I've never had any. I don't have
1: any of those games. No. Not at all.
0: But Dark my- Chamber sounds familiar though. Like that actually. I mean. That sounds really familiar, but like,
1: no, nah, nope, nah, not doing it. Yeah, I mean yeah. that it looked like an RPG to me, or or at least some kind of, of fantasy adventure shit, and that piqued me enough to want to pull up a YouTube video of, of a review to see uh, kind of you know what was going on with it, and I found one by the No Swear Gamer. And I fucking hate his username, but uh, he seemed like <laughs> <a guy>. <laughs> <laughs> he he pointed out that this often accused is is often rather accused of of ripping off Gauntlet, uh, but it, it that's what I was gonna say.
0: It looks just like that,
1: like yeah. to me. It's it's actually ported from a 1983 computer game. That is what Gauntlet ripped off. Funny fun fun fact. <laughs> what the uh, yeah, plot so, thickens exactly? Yeah, so. Uh, it's funny how errant narratives can develop in the in the landscape. The uh watching the gameplay it is it's staggeringly apparent that this is a terribly rudimentary version of the like everything the original Gauntlet is known to be. So, you know, if that is uh, actually the time happening, like that's that's exactly you know, I I believe it all wholeheartedly because it it is like it's just there's just way less shit going on and it's way clunkier and you know it looks worse of course than what the arcade gauntlet and even the NES gauntlet ended up being so that was interesting though and the impossible mission give a fuck but the (laughs) (laughs) the ball looked interesting as fuck to me and and apparently both this 7800 release and the nes port were both shelved before making it out which is kind of a bummer because it looks like Marble Madness where you're you know like you're playing as a marble in an isometric kind of space and instead of just being I love Marble Madness but instead of just being kind of that simplistic of an idea where you're just trying to go through this optical course in essence it's an actual adventure game where you play as a marble like the a wizard has turned someone into a marble and you have to go through the wizard's castle as the marble and find the potion that changes you back or whatever so like you would go through an adventure space you know and that sounds fucking fucking amazing like an amazing mechanic and setting uh but there's no yeah i didn't make it out in onto any of the actual consoles so i would have had to emulate an entirely new system to try it out and i didn't want to try that hard so after these messages We'll be right back. If you think you've played in-your-face basketball before, wait until you shoot some hoops from Jellicoe.
0: You'll run and gun, jam and slam in the fastest schoolyard game in town. Here's action so real, you'll see it come to life right before your eyes. for
1: exciting baseball swing for the fences with bases loaded both for the nintendo entertainment system live action that never ends that was a Jellico commercial for 1989's u.s release of hoops with a little tag on the end for bases loaded for the first bases loaded and that 80s lightning effect that's in that commercial <laughs> it's fucking beautiful. Okay, we were, classic we mentioned earlier how i was watching dumb shit because i'm a of shit to watch for the most part. And that led to me watching Jason Takes Manhattan last night, at least briefly. Whoa. And they use that exact thing on him when he's woken up. I don't know if you've seen or remember that movie, but he's, you know, he's been buried at the bottom of Crystal Lake. And the thing opens and there's two people on a boat uh, making out and getting naked. And they, he like, he's like... <laughs> Stop what they're doing. He's like, hold on, I gotta go drop the anchor. And like, (laughs) they're in a pond. (laughs) uh, I'm gonna drop the anchor, dude. I don't think, but the uh, he goes out, he drops the anchor, and the anchor drops, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't go into anything, it just drops on the on the bed of the pond, and and then starts dragging and hits a a big electrical cord, like a massive industrial electric cord. And again, in the pond of Camp Crystal Lake, like (laughs) why would this major underwater electrical line be in place beneath Camp Crystal Lake? You know, I guess there's no reason for it whatsoever. But (laughs) anyways, the anchor catches that and then it, like, Breaks or whatever gets cracked, and then the charge jumps over to Jason, who is entombed at the bottom of the of the of the lake, and fucking wakes up and he kills the people and then goes mad. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, because the dude dropped an anchor in the lake. Wow, dude! <laughs> like, like the I don't know, it's just oh, it's hilarious. It's, like, <laughs> 80s movie is just uh, premises filmmaking is so great. So like, uh, yeah, I mean, yes, the premise is hilarious too, but like the actual in like the the Whole, just the way everything looked like they they take the time to show the anchor, right? Like just I don't know everything about it is I feel like it's it's just such a dated thing. It's amazing, uh, and I don't feel like every kind of movie. It's like a whole '80s horror thing um, that's just very I don't know amateur, I guess really is the way to describe it. But anyways um yeah they use that electrical effect and it's, the, it's just the exact same thing <laughs> so when i rewatched that commercial this morning before we started i was like oh my god it's the exact same thing uh, <laughs> it was popular that was a hit effect back then so the first thing up here is eight pages of swat which is short for secret weapons and tactics if you didn't know and bringing shit full circle for us here the metroid correction that's mentioned in the mailbag section is center mass on the these first two pages here and they did indeed include a screenshot of the code so you can maybe kind of sort of figure out what the fuck the code says uh the screenshot is spread across the stapled binding of the mag though right i was gonna
0: say what?
1: (laughs) so the only chance in hell you're figuring out what that fuzzy picture is is if you rip the magazine apart and you know take oh my gosh so yeah i mean they refer to the code uh, results here also the codes results as play the girl in Metroid as if Samus is not always a girl which is also its own interesting thing hmm. uh, another lack of understanding of what of the game itself that they're writing about here and page 57 has a code titled Duck Hunt Gotcha Wild Gunman and <laughs> them because it's great your light gun doesn't ever have to miss just turn the brightness control on your TV to the right setting, and no matter where you shoot on the screen, it will hit a duck or an enemy every time. So what,
2: what
1: the fuck? That's not a code or a hint. It's a fucking that's a cheat. What are you doing? Yeah, it's not even a cheat. It's a flaw, and not even a flaw. It's just uh, an exploitation of the hardware's mechanic. <laughs> like, right? You're doing you're doing nothing by doing that. Like, right? Exactly. Uh, Yet yeah, it's in here yeah. in the magazine. So yeah, I just thought that was fucking hilarious.
0: Um, maybe that's just a trick for your friends, like...
1: I guess, uh, yeah, maybe, yeah, you yeah, know, whatever, it's just fucking, it's for kids, who gives a shit, it's just <laughs> stuff, but, worth mentioning for the purpose of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the pretty put- cool, the
0: Choplifter has a freaking code, though, I that was pretty impressive to me.
1: Yeah? I didn't, what was that one? I didn't, I don't think I clocked that one.
0: Oh, man, I mean, it's just, like, to, like... Just select any level, which I've never been able to do. But like Choplifter was one of those games that I loved. So like the ability to select a level would have been freaking cool. Yeah. Well,
1: that's what, yeah, it's but you know, we we were Jack, we wanted that. We and they did not have it. Like such a, it's, right? it's like a commonplace thing that most games have. So yeah. It's a quality code. De- definitely a good thing to include, though, for sure. The the flowchart on page 58 to uh, get to and defeat the final boss and Bubble Bobble on the last page in the section is absolutely bonkers. <laughs> did, you, did you see this? It's <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a yeah, huge, huge blurb here. They go through and explain the shit. So it, it, it boils down to after playing through 99 levels already, you have to do this crazy-ass series of events to beat the final boss even get to actually and then beat the final boss uh and get this big huge sprite captured in one of your bubbles you know so it's just It's crazy. I I told you before that game is fucking getting past like level seven of that game is near impossible. (laughs) The idea of playing ninety nine levels and then not knowing how to deal with the end of it and actually beat the game would have been just oh my god, jump off the roof, frustrating. Right, (laughs) defeating the bad guy and
0: having said bad end, and I'm just like, wait, what do you mean
1: bad end after all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's rough development stuff for sure. Games I hadn't filled with and fire, were there any other in here that you found notable, code-wise?
0: No, I mean, me- Mega Man 1, yeah, like, that's great that that's there, but by this time, I mean, we'd all moved on way past Mega Man 1, but, nah, nothing else that kind of really jumped out at me, except the only thing that jumped out, like, just noteworthy was the fact that Fantasy Star, like, is a game. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm completely ignorant on this subject, but, like, when I fire up my Xbox now, you know, I see advertisements for Fantasy Star Online, like this big, I guess like a MMORPG or something. Like I I know nothing about it. I just know that this big online thing exists and there's a lot of ad- advertisements for us right now. And I knew it was like a game earlier. I did not know it was like way earlier in like
1: nineteen eighty nine earlier. You know? yeah, dude. that is that is Sega's cornerstone RPG franchise, dude what yeah See, I,
0: yeah i know nothing about this thing it's just so interesting when i saw that
1: yeah that was I, that was i told you the reason we, when we were talking about, i think i mentioned it when we were talking about dragon warrior jab and i did the only rpg that we did was fantasy star the first one dude and it's mm. like i mean I almost, I almost i almost died of exhaustion trying to finish that game in a two-week span like it was it was a heavy <laughs> thing. uh yeah dude i mean it's they're not they're weird. I mean, RPGs on the Genesis are weird, or you know, even the, the Sega. The Master System, and the Genesis, have a very similar feel to them, uh, especially in, with the RPG games. And it's I don't know. It's just it's just because of my it's the nostalgia effect of being more entrenched in Nintendo shit as a kid. But they feel weird as fuck. But they're pretty good games. <laughs> dude, Yeah, I mean, the the they're they're definitely you know the story is good. They. The first fantasy Star was a good story. There was some clunky mechanic shit that I did not care for. That uh, hope that I, I believe they actually fixed. I, I had fucked around with, I want to say one of the three or four on the Genesis in emulator sense because I had heard that you know that is like the big franchise and I love RPGs. So I had yeah. tried emulating some of the Genesis ones before before getting into that. Uh, and and there were things having done that. And knowing there were things that they improved upon, uh, there were some frustrating aspects functionally in the game. But mm. some, yeah, they're, they're, it's it's a good franchise, dude. I mean, if you know, if you want st- to start down a road of of getting your feet into these early RPGs, that's one you definitely shouldn't exclude those. Uh, because yeah, they're they're very highly touted though. Like yeah, I have not played. I've never other than that first one for the pot. I have not gotten through any of them, so I can't. Viscerally speak about them, but I, I've heard a lot of great things. Hmm. I, I think I'd probably be more likely to
0: probably try the new online one, and then if you know if I like the lore, if, if it seems cool, probably pick up
1: the original. Especially you
0: yeah, Sega, why not?
1: Yeah, the lore is really weird, dude. It's like it's, really. It's, it's like a mashup of like futuristic, and it's kind of like you remember the like Final uh, Fantasy type of stuff. Yes, that's a good comparison too. The I think what I was going to example I was going to use was the, the He-Man like the newer He-Man reboot or not the reboot, but the movie where like they, it's like this futuristic, but still kind of fantasy old school adventure elements, you know, like a mashup of the uh, two. Okay. But that's yeah. kind of how it feels like you, you have like, you know, you're, you can go to different planets, but you still use swords, you know, like a weird, like a really weird combination of, <laughs> uh, right. um, story elements. Um, yeah, so the the games that I hadn't fucked with in here were the first one was Rocky on the SMS, which is an '87 uh, release and developed by Sega title. And had you ever fucked with this before?
0: No, I mean if it's Sega, psh, probably
1: no. Dude, yeah. Rocky, I mean you know Rocky's Rocky, so like I had always known this existed and. It's it's kinda interesting that the Sega, you know, because they had a, a few Rambo titles too. It's interesting that Sega got most of the Stallone games because that was such a big Right. Property. You know, you I don't know, I'm surprised. I don't know. Maybe they
0: not... offered more money for it and they were just trying to push, you know. I
1: guess, yeah. And you know they, Sega ended up that that's a philosophy, actually. it's a good point because Sega of America did that. In the Genesis era, hardcore with sports, they were the ones that really pushed on those, getting Joe Montana and Buster Douglas and yeah, mm, uh, yeah yep. Vander Holyfield. That's
0: why I never got to play
1: any of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's... it's uh, the game, dude, I'm, I fired up. The, the game looks fucking amazing, dude. It looks incredible for really? 8-bit level. And it plays pretty well, too. It's a little button jammy. You know, you, it's a boxing mm. game, and with only two buttons at this archaic level of hardware it's and there's only so much variance in the gameplay you can get but i did actually enjoy myself there's a really so you start the game there's a really weird training segment before each match that i didn't, I didn't really understand getting coming out of the gate but the second time i hit it they changed too like the first one was i think it was a heavy bag in the first one and then between the first and second fights it was a speed bag and it, i figured out the speed bag one was about alternating yeah, i know from other boxing games, not from my own first-hand experience, I know that the speed bag is about rhythm, you know? So, like, I assumed it would be an alternation of some kind between the two buttons. So, yeah, I figured that one out, and it was actually kind of cool, but... So, it has that oh, going on man. between the matches, and then the actual matches themselves, dude, you fight cats straight out of the movies. Like, the first match was against Apollo Creed, who I absolutely smoked, and then... <laughs> uh, and then the second fight, I got my ass whooped by Clubber Lang. <laughs>
0: <laughs> true to the movies. True to yeah. the movies.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, dude, you know, that's, that's fucking a fun idea, you know, to, to fight all the... I, I expected... I don't know what I expected, but I, I didn't expect that I would be fighting actual people from the movies, you know? So, like, I know... I'm assuming I'm going to fight... If I could have got past Clubber Lang, I'm assuming you're going to fight Hulk Hogan. I'm assuming you're going to fight... I, in fact, I know... Uh, because the board in the magazine mentions Ivan Drago, so yeah, I, know- I see Drago, I see a, a
0: an image of Drago. Yep,
1: right. So uh, yeah, so he's probably the fi- I think he's the final boss uh, or the last fight, whatever you want to call that. So you know, I'm, I'm curious to hear who's gonna who else they could even put in there, or if it is just those four. Did he fight anyone else in the movies? Because yeah, those first ones. I mean, not
0: in those first ones, just those.
1: Yeah, it was just Apollo. He fought in the first two, and then. Clubber, Hulk Hogan, and three, and And then Drago. Yep. Yeah. Then after that, they get all weird, and we don't count those, right?
0: (laughs) 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 Or maybe, or maybe you do when you come back. But regardless, it's a whole different era. You know, he's not the young, he's not the dude in the ring anymore.
1: Yeah, you didn't, you didn't have that. You only had through four at this time for sure. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'd be curious to see what the other ones were. See, I mean, just in general, like mm, fucking kind of good. I was very surprised. Um, nice it's, it's an early one too it's an 87 release you know it's like this is a two-year-old game
2: 87 wow
1: so an early sega release and still pretty good the other one other two rather were ninja which is an 86 sega release and it's a terrible vertical scrolling action shooter deal it's <laughs> five arcade game in 86 and like that dated timeline shows drastically in the game and the other one was conceding Concidin. Could be fucking that up. Probably fucking that up. And eight, it's an 88 Sega release. And I found the game was a terrible side-scrolling action platformer, too. But when I was looking up, trying to figure out the release date, I ended up on SegaRetro.org. And they have... It's an official-looking... Like, some some of the, like the listings of these games on that website will have kind of just random shit, history-related documents and stuff that might be applicable to the game. Right in their little database there. And they have one for this. That is, it's a type-up, like, very official. It's on Sega Letterhead, Sega of America Letterhead. And it's, like, a a two- or three-page document that is just, like, it's a bunch of hints about the game. So, I mean, I don't know where they would have purposed this. Like, maybe for magazines like this. I don't know. Maybe that's how these magazines got wind of this stuff. I'm sure GamePro did not have people cracking the code. (laughs) (laughs) stuff. So, maybe that's how this stuff got proliferated out into the, the media but yeah it's like it's just a list of hints and cheats and stuff for the game that is directly from Sega of america on their letterhead and i just i'd never seen anything like that and it was very interesting so
0: interesting like just type it up and send it to them and it's your they can take it and make it pretty however they want to we don't care
1: well yes it's it's a way to generate free marketing basically in magazines like this so you know, it's a good idea i, I just and yeah. it, it, it never occurred to me that they might have done that and i certainly never seen an internal document that depicted it, you know, so.
0: The link to that's mm, in the Confirming show that they come from the companies, it's <laughs> the truth. Yeah,
1: spreading the truth. Uh, so yeah, the link to that's in the show notes and it's pretty cool, I recommend checking it out. And they tag the pro tips with one page of reader tips at the end of this swatch it. And after playing my Simon's Quest cart, uh, a little on receipt that I mentioned getting last time, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that game is hard as fuck! <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm thinking of employing basically the Dracula ready code in here just to get to the end of it because it's fucking uh, slow going trying to play the game. Sometimes you gotta do that, man.
0: Sometimes there's no shame in it. We've all done it. Yeah. We've all done it.
1: We're adults now. We got, got lives to deal with. <laughs> they have a hot full pager from Capcom following that, and it's letting us know to get set for the radical action in Mega Man 2 and Strider. They're very errantly on their part, though, there is no mention of downloading diskettes into the mainframe in their pitch of Strider here, which I thought was a, a terrible decision by the marketing team. Tisk, tisk, tisk. <laughs> come on. After that, is a two banger on uh, called Ask the Pros coming next, and it's the first question, the, or the, the first question is about Milan Seer Castle directly addressing the problems that i had when i played the game earlier
0: <laughs> right i was wondering that the whole time you said that i was like i wonder if that <laughs>
1: yeah. if that question <laughs> exactly answer which is all the more the case it's like uh we did wizards and warriors i think that was jeb and i but the, the we did wizards and warriors and there was this part in the game that was just like fuck man i cannot figure it out and like i just lucked into solving the problem like i did not really end up solving what you're supposed to and an issue or two later of nintendo power in the classified information section they had a whole or maybe the counselor's corner section they had a whole section that is exactly that problem so it's just like
2: hmm.
1: you know that the game developers fucked up basically because if i can't figure it out and then you enough people also didn't figure it out that it warranted its own section in this video game magazine you know that like a shit ton of people had that problem <laughs> you know what i mean right so that's that's a bad sign for that particular part but
0: you know what i found interesting like the fact that like we were both going to talk about that first letter but what i found interesting was that like it's on that Milan secret castle which they just did a pro view on a few pages earlier so like it's just an interesting like reinforcement
1: of sure. hey this game check yep. out this game we got tips okay, for yeah. this game we wrote yeah, up that's... on this game you know <laughs> yeah but yeah, especially if you buy into the idea that these game mags are entirely fueled by dollars, then, yeah. Uh, oh, for yeah. sure. That enforces that idea a great deal, no doubt. Yeah, the uh, Teddy Boy on the SMS is a game I hadn't heard of before. It was the only one. Metal Gear, Balanced Castle, Wonder Boy, Shinobi, those are all pretty mainstay titles that we've talked about a lot. But Teddy Boy was one I hadn't heard of before. And I fired it up, and it's a little boy wearing a yarmulke, and it's an awful platformer, like... What? <laughs> yeah, I don't, it was, it was, I don't know. Like, I don't know, and it just seemed weird to me. It was weird.
0: <laughs> so
1: odd. Yeah, I'd never heard. It. I was like,
0: "What is this Teddy bear I thought the same thing. I had to Google it. I was like, "What? This? I've never heard of this. I don't remember seeing this." Moving on. Awesome. Like, it's, it's got weird. like,
1: and this was a thing. This is a Sega Master System thing I've noted. Like, there, this, this honestly, this is like a really high concept fucking critique or thought that it could be at the root of like the just weirdness in general. Like I feel like the background, I would love to talk to a uh, developer who understands this better about uh, that. had worked on the two systems enough to know if this is true, but like, I feel like the background, like the, 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 the the easiest to have background on Sega mm-hmm. on the master system is blue. And on NES it's black. And like black feels like a more natural background color just in general to have for games. And like, but but this game had like the background is like this really high octane blue color that I feel like I see on a ton of Sega Master System games. <laughs> and it's yeah. so fucking weird. It just feels it makes everything feel weird. You know what I mean? Like Sonic, like here's your blue. Yeah. Well, yeah. And actually that's a good example. Like the Sega, yeah, the the title screen on on, but that's the Genesis, obviously, but or check that. There's a, I, I haven't. That's something I want to do. I, I have not played. There is a Sega map very late in the Master System's life. Sonic was released on the Master System, and it might. It probably was actually after. It was probably like an accompanying title to the 16-bit release. Even I, I, when we get oh, to that, sure get to that stage of this whole fucking thing, I look forward to reading more about that. But um, it did make it onto the SMS. But anyways, yeah. I mean that, that you know that is actually true about this this the Sonic title screen background too i don't know I, i'd be like I said, it's very it's very i have no foundation to that claim or assumption at all but i just feel like i see that a lot in these sega master system games and i feel like it also might be why these games feel so weird to me you know are part of why these games feel so weird to me and
0: Makes sense. It's a logical Teddy, explanation. see how it Ted, works out. God. Yeah,
1: Teddy Boy had it for sure. And I believe this. the next section is new. It's called Overseas Prospects. And it's four pages on the Japanese release of Gradius 2 on the Famicom, which was, uh, I believe, uh, one of the title things, or the, the cover stories. And this never hit on the NES, sadly. So we never got it here in the U.S., basically. And it was released in territories outside of Japan, as Vulcan Venture, it was called. And the full page artwork in here is fucking awesome. Like the, I think it's the second page of this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's original GamePro artwork, I believe, and it looks awesome. And <clears throat> the game looks because Gradius, I think, is one that I've talked about. We, we've considered doing for a game episode. The the first one on NES, I, I think that's the the uh, the circle thing. I think, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, it, we've definitely it. talked about it for yeah. sure. In any event, it looked good, and I, I've pulled up. Gameplay videos it looked fucking great, so I was trying to find. I assumed that someone had made a ROM or something, and you could now play it on uh, uh, Nestopia. But I, I could not. I, I found one, but it wouldn't work in any of the uh, I had. So weak. I wasn't able to actually try it. But it looks fucking great.
0: Yes, yeah, I definitely made a note of this, man. Like it's, it, it reminds me of like Contra. You know what I mean? Like it's definitely something like a flying Contra type of game
1: that I've would yep. been all
0: about which it is Konami, right? Yes. It's Konami. Uh,
1: yeah. So that makes sense.
0: And
1: I didn't even thing, understand
0: what this overseas prospects, like part was about at first. I was like, wait, what is this? Like, I didn't, I didn't get what we were talking about. First. <laughs> you know,
1: it's a new section. You gotta keep up. Yeah. <laughs> the next thing is industry profile. And that is where they're talking to some sort of third party developer or something. And, they are talking to, in this case, the guys at Data East. And this is what I mentioned where you just have you know, these two, I don't know. these two Peggerhead executives, who, like they have such strong opinions about the direction of the industry and <laughs> some, a of them. Um, and yeah, so they got a quote from Robert Lloyd in here who is the Data East America's president at the time. And this is about the importance of localization. And you already kind of took a whack at this early on because it's so fucking weird. But (laughs) Projections may have something as simple as a real strong action game, except it has purple tanks. Who wants to destroy purple tanks? Not our gamers. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) What What do you, you know, what does it mean in any context? What does it mean in the context you're using it? (laughs) Like, what the fuck does that mean?
0: Like, uh, if there's a tank coming at me that's purple, I'm blowing that shit up. Like, I don't understand, Yeah,
1: Carolus. personally. <laughs> um, it's just funny, though. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Like, a really weird sentence. The, uh, <laughs> we have Jim Wims here, which is a, a really tough name. And it is their, he's their consumer division EVP. And when asked about the approaching 16-bit machines from Sega and NEC, he says, and I quote, until Nintendo launches its own 16-bit machine, I don't expect that these things will have a major impact at all. Nailed it, Jim. <laughs> like, Ooh. nailed it. Like, what do you mean? Like, that's just, I don't know. It's just so wrong, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, oh,
0: man, Jim. Poor yeah. Jim. They launched a 16-bit, and
1: you were sunk, just, unless you just, picked it. it just, yeah, and you know what? Honestly, I can't think of a Data East game I ended up playing after the 8-bit era. Like, I can't think of. I feel like that is a system or a, a company that died. I can't, I, I, no, I can't believe I didn't research that. Like, how?
0: Yeah, I have to look <laughs> it up now.
1: Yeah, did, their, did their heyday peter out right as this guy, the, one of their head honchos, says this incredibly wrong thing? Like, did that work its way all the way through the company and sink them, that philosophy? Because uh, they did not buy into the fact that the Sega Genesis would have any, you know. Oh, man.
0: Data East defunct June 25th, 2003.
2: 2003.
0: Oh, That's mean, defunct. We don't know how long they, you
1: know, on a decline. Sure. And you know, and the thing yeah. is, too, they had such a heavy, like Data East, and they mentioned in here Data East was first and foremost an arcade company. And yeah, they, true. Yeah. So these ports to home systems are just a additional revenue source where they're just exploiting these IPs even further They they weren't, you know, I think at least in very rare cases, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I don't, I'm not sure they had any, and if they did, it was not their main bread and butter to come up with original concepts for consoles. So, yeah,
0: so it makes sense. <laughs>
1: So there's a good Toys R Us ad before the next feature with a kid looking at all that like he's all stressed out about. <laughs> about I know this kid. Like, I guess having <laughs> two video games. I don't know, but it's, he's like he, he's between two tall stacks of video games, and I love how it's it's just a jumble of different systems. So it's NES, there's SMS titles, there, there's Atari titles, and that's that's pretty fun. I I like that a lot. Just anything, yeah. Toys R Us ads are cool. And the next thing after that is the pro news report. And this is, I love the layout of this. It's styled in a really cool way that I don't recall seeing in the first issue. It's like right. a newspaper front page, you know, it's very well done. And they, the highlight, dope, man. Yeah, yeah, they, they highlight a couple of contests that would have been really nice to know about as a top. Uh, Image Soft is doing a national play competition for Super Dodgeball in five cities, LA, NYC, shytown Boston, Seattle, uh, where you can win a bunch of Sony merch. And then Jallico is giving away 10K and Panasonic merch, a 40-inch TV, VHS camcorders, and prog- <laughs> I can't even say it because it's so obtuse. Programmable compact disc players. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a dated thing. Yeah. Um, like, how excited they are. Like it is actually! Exclamation, like, you know, but as
0: a kid, I would have been like, Sign me oh, up
1: 40 Hell. TV. Yes. And, like, can you think how big a foot? Like, dude, my my dad, I remember my dad buying, I think it was a 35 inch Toshiba big screen in quotations, television for the living room, like, at, oh, at, the, at the tube TV area. And it was, dude, it was just. It's insane how big it was. <laughs> it was <just> so <laughs> fucking big. Uh, I just, a 40 inch, another five inches. Like, I mean, I, dude, that'd just be fucking, it was like a million pounds. I remember, I can remember him trying to get it. I mean, he had uh, obviously a friend helping him, like to get it up onto the console deal in the living room. Like, it was, you know, a fucking major construction project.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. You would die trying to do it yourself. Like, what are you thinking? Like, no, it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, like, this This is so funny because this honestly reminds me of, you know, the the competition, video game competitions I've told you I've done. And it it makes me think that they're maybe not as unique as I thought, except for maybe, like, the Blockbuster one. Because, like, if there were these kind of little mini competitions that will pop up here and there, like, that's pretty cool to kind of know that those things were happening back then, like, sure. more than just once or twice, you know?
1: Yeah, dude, I, I mean, it's, you know, they were... Just... You know, a live event thing like that was
0: freaking cool. That'd yeah, have been dream, dream state
1: things. Such a bummer that I was in like the tiny ass fucking Oberlin, Ohio market. You know, <laughs> it, it, it always is. You know, LA, NYC, shytown Boston, Seattle—like those bigger cities. Like I just can't imagine how much cooler shit uh, would have been around for this kind of stuff as a kid. You know, if you were in a bigger marketplace, right. What are you going to do? They also have a big list of each individual developer's game console or line, which I never knew about as a kid. It's like I always just got Nintendo on the horn directly when I, when I wanted to talk about like, I had a problem with the game. You know, I did not, it never even occurred to me that each individual publisher might have had their own line. And some of these are 1 800 numbers, it's like LJN, SNK, Taito, which would have been much easier to convince Mad Mike to let me call scene as it would have been no impact on our phone bill as a kid, you know? So.
0: Hell yeah, man! And it further enforces the whole idea behind these publishers, these companies. You know, that's like if you are a kid, you would have been like, "Yeah, I'm calling the Capcom people. I got a question about Mega Man." You know sure. what I mean? Like, I got to call the Sunsoft people. So yeah, I mean, it, it's it. They were very brand conscious back then. So interesting to see it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I it's just funny to me how yeah again I was how oblivious to it I was. <laughs> <clears throat> Pro Artist Series is next, the Art Submission Contest, and we get some rather risque material in here with bear, bear gargoyle breasts on full display from Jacinto Ponco in Fremont, Fremont California.
0: <laughs> right? Like yeah. right up there in the middle, alongside a weird cartoony, like, I don't even know what that thing is, Elmo creature, like a Monomena
1: thing. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. I, mean, I don't know what that is either. I have no idea. Maybe it's like a cubert? I think it's maybe a cubert. Oh, it could be a
0: Qberty thing,
1: kind of. Hey, if you don't have that, if you don't have that, uh, that comic strip swearing blurb above him, it's tough to tough to pick pick out a Qbert. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so yeah, this this is the 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 bear gargoyle breasts are on the Dark Lord from Sega's Miracle Warriors, and it gets second place, which I do not agree with. I think it should have been first. It's fucking great. Uh, <laughs> First place is kind of cool, but it's like it's just muddier. It's like a muddier image, you know, which could be maybe it's more vibrant in person than it, it is. Repetiting yeah, it's magazine, you know, so maybe that's part of the problem. But I, I just feel like the other one just it just looks better. It's a better look to it. Yeah. And that's like,
0: fire, though. You never know, man. I mean, fire up close.
1: It could be very, very vibrant. It can change <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, the I like the Roston one in the corner, too. That's pretty cool. True.
0: Yeah. It's nice
1: top right there uh i would have, i'd love to hold like if we, <laughs> it's an interesting idea if we get ever get to enough of a, of a listenership to to support the idea i would love to hold one of these like a, an art submission contest is such a fun cool idea you know uh, really cool so their score section doesn't have the player's location so i can't hunt down high sc- high achievers on the north coast and that's a bummer. But we do get one page of scores here, and there are a couple of ads that close shit out on the issue that uh, maybe are worth talking about. There's <laughs> there's an Atari ad that looks like it was illustrated by one of the kids that didn't make it into the pro artist section. <laughs> it's so fucking amateur. The yeah. But is but is it though? Like, look at Mario
0: and Luigi. Like they look like they might be the Atari version of Mario and Luigi. Sure. The little the little one panel. You know, screen game, not the full Mario Brothers game,
1: right? So you're saying like the amateur is intentional as it is representative of the quality of the game that you're going to play,
0: <laughs> right?
1: Uh, it's a pretty high concept, Jeff. I know. I feel like I feel like Atari often tried to pimp their games at a higher, um, I don't know, higher bit rate than the actual game itself <laughs> delivered on. So that would, yeah. that, would be, that would be a change in marketing mentality. I feel. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know what all these other games are, but uh, yeah, I mean it's sports. it's at the end of the magazine. Like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah,
1: there's well, there's there's centipede in the top left corner there for sure. That's what that is, and then you know a lot of sports stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else. Maybe the pole position there in the bottom right. I don't know.
0: Clearly going for the value play. Like, hey, we've got, like, three different systems for you. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely worth what Whatever we're you yeah. need.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah exactly. They're, they're, they're still pitching the 2600 here, the 7800, and the XE. And, yeah, they're, like, just – just is, pick but, one, play them right. all. <laughs> 2600 being here is just like them clutching onto that 2600 revenue stream like it's the last rung on a ladder above an active volcano. You know? right? <laughs> just, like, just like we will not let it go because it's the only thing keeping us up there, uh, or keeping us. Yep. Until-
0: they were going for the price conscious customer, you know, like if you didn't have that, I still remember like that $99 being like, oh my gosh, $100 for Nintendo is so much, you know. Whereas, like, Atari, boom, here's 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 a $2 cartridge,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah, it's tough yeah. to sell it to your parents otherwise. Um, so the back cover is that Metal Gear ad that's everywhere at this time in history, and I, <laughs> uh, it excites me sexually, kind of, to be honest with you. It's all Solid Snake's gear pictured, you know? Uh, the only thing missing is gets for the mainframe in all honesty (laughs) it has every possible type of like military related or whatever kind of kind of gear you could want uh which was such a fantastic part of metal gear
0: poor metal gear this game was a a perfect representative of a game where i did not get to complete it it was definitely rental i got stuck and had to return it and i was like well i guess that's my metal gear experience Oh, dude. damn that, that
1: would have been such a bummer. Yeah, this this was definitely one I owned. I fucking I was like, give. It was it, it was. I'm sure it was this ad because this ad was in comic books. This ad was everywhere, dude. I'm sure I saw this ad and I was like, I must have that, please. Oh man,
0: had <laughs> <Man, I> co- <laughs> completely different experiences in it because I didn't have like the the guide in it or anything, so I didn't have a clue what I was doing. It was just kind of like I'm in the dark. Let me figure this out. Oh, I'm not. Two, I'm not, two not saying days later. I'm done.
1: not saying I didn't <laughs> get anywhere. I yeah, I did not get anywhere. Until I used to. Uh, I found uh, there was a codes and Nintendo power or something that was, allowed me to just transport or warp to the end. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, there was 100%. There was an area. Cause you get it. Like it's got that obtuse thing with the trucks where you have to go around the trucks. Like, yeah, as a kid, I did oh. not this thing legit for sure. And it came, dude, <laughs> it came with it, this is actually where you really got robbed written it, dude, because it came with, there was a pack in map, uh, which we what? Yeah, actually, it's, if, you, if you go back, you can pull it up. You can Google it too, I'm sure, but the I 100% included in the show notes for the Metal Gear episode we did, which was jab, dude. It's fucking, yeah, the, the, the map that came with it was like borderline how to do everything, because otherwise you're not getting anywhere in this game. <laughs> <laughs> so even with that map as a kid, because I bought it, I had it. I remember having that fucking map open in front of me, in front of the, that big 35-inch TV, actually, in the living room. <laughs> and, like, still just... Completely confused, no idea what to do because it is such an obtuse game, and so Ugh. just you know beyond the the technical limitations of the NES for sure, you know. But still very cool, and that is Game Pro Issue Two.
0: The Alex Kidd in Miracle World Castle soundtrack, uh, very catchy, man. This game had some real tracks, man. There was like a couple songs we listened to. I had the kids like dancing behind me.
1: <laughs> that's music. That's, that's good. Uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> um, that's funny that they must be so weird to uh, for them, like because you know this is coming out of nowhere. Or, yeah. Would you say prior to fucking with the stuff that they had a lot of exposure to? retro video games or is that a thing that's been introduced to them as you've been fucking with this stuff
0: oh yeah i mean they definitely i definitely introduce them to
1: the games because i mean you know i love this stuff so as
0: we've played games you know zion for sure like she plays retro music like retro zelda she has like a retro gaming spotify soundtrack that she just listens to
1: on her own like when she's doing schoolwork but that's so. you're saying that's that was before you started doing shit for the spot
0: Yeah, yeah. Because of like playing, like, as we played through like the Mega Man Legacy Collection, even though we played it on Xbox, you know, I introduced to her as like, these are the games that I grew up with. They're easier. Let's play these, you know, rather than trying to get her involved in some of the, you know, hardcore Xbox games at the time when she was younger. So I tried to find, you know, more of these simpler type of retro games to introduce her to. And then obviously, once the Switch came, we were overdue like the Nintendo Online and, got the Nintendo, the super, you know, the mini super Nintendo sure. I've yeah. I, cause I, I felt like those games are much better to learn on. Like you don't have all the chances, you know, we talk about that kind of stuff all the time. So
1: the mechanics of the Yeah, sure. More yeah. Difficult. Yeah. So they're into it for sure. Cool, man. Uh, all right. So our fucking nominations here. What, uh, I think, I, I feel like I had to go first last time. I think you should go first this time. <laughs>
0: Man, so yeah, these. I was not feeling inspired for my nominations, man. Like, these, like, so first of all, my first nomination was Guerrilla War. And that's, I, keeping in mind, yes, we just played Jackal. It was very similar to Jackal, but I picked it up. I had a lot of fun. Like I said, it was different. It was, you're out there as a person, you're still picking up. Upgradable weapons. You can jump into tanks and upgrade tank weapons. and a really freaking cool laser, or not laser. I don't know what it was, like flamethrower, <laughs> something like that. Some cool ass weapon uh, on the first level. And it was a lot of fun. But yeah, at the same time, I know we just did Jackal, and this would be probably a very similar experience. For sure. Um, the next one, which I can't even tell based on the way that it was presented in the magazine, sounds like it's not out yet, but I thought it was, would have been Gradius 2 you know, (laughs) for for, for the reasons we talked about being a flying contra game, looking like something that I would definitely want to play. If I did already,
1: if we could find it, I would play that for sure. Just just because again, we're not going to see it because it never came out.
0: (laughs) So that's a a bummer. So, and then honestly, man, I was not sure in the last one, I was just kind of like, man, I I don't know. Like I there's nothing, you can't really do it on hoops. I feel like we've hoops has gotten like a, unintended infomercial this
1: episode but like i
0: was like yeah i'm gonna do that i'm not gonna do it on that jally
1: us up via email like okay here's what we're gonna do (laughs) (laughs) uh
0: so then i mean yeah i was just kind of like well maybe melon seeker castle just because of the heavy the heavy feature and i was kind of like yeah the interesting premise you know but yeah i what were you thinking let's hear your nominations and inspire me josh yeah
1: inspire you. Uh, i kind of mean you know I think we got kind of the way we did it uh, for the monster party one where we kind of like had a contingency based selection. And yeah. if that doesn't work, then we you know have a backup that we have declared here. Uh, but I, I I like it. Gradius looked awesome. And it's even cooler to me that it never made it here. And like I said, I, I was able to find ROM support. I just couldn't get them to work. So maybe, hmm. you know, if they exist, you think there's, there's gotta be some way to consume them. So perhaps, we could find a way to make that work. And I'll be down to play Gradius too, because it looks fucking great. So maybe we can, we can explore that. uh, If we don't decide on one of these other three, but so my three are the first one was Castlevania, which is not even the second one. one. Yeah. So I have like uh, a love, hate, thing going on with Castlevania 1 and 3 like I want to like them like the subject matter and the dark tone is right in my wheelhouse but something about them has always turned me off before I got hooked you know and hmm. you know the controls are and again i like, playing 2 and 2 has the same control set with like the weird stair climbing and it's just oh, clunky yeah. to a degree like you have a very the knockback sucks in those games so like there's oh, yeah. you know there's Control things that'll probably irritate me and probably irritated me as a kid that maybe has something to do with it, but they're so well revered. Like, I just have got to be wrong, you know? <laughs> like, I just, just have to be wrong about my opinions on them. So that's kind of my impetus for maybe taking a whack at that. And, you know, it's the first one. So uh, okay. three is probably better, but like, I feel like it's such a, a mainstay franchise or uh, mainstay franchise in general and that being the first one makes you know makes makes a lot of sense as a place that maybe we should explore but okay so that was one of them and then the next was rocky so i you know i already sounded kind of excited about that when we were going through it but it's you know it's a button masher but I think the inclusion of all the Rocky and this is like kind of a, a podcast-minded idea, but the uh, as opposed to gameplay. But I, I think the inclusion of all the Rocky movie characters would you know would make for a, just a blast of a, of a podcast. <laughs> you know, like, right. <laughs> like, like there's so much ancillary shit to talk about the movies and the various Sly Stallone shit. You know, fucking Mister T for Christ's sake, Hulk Hogan. This is like there's so much shit to talk about there that uh, <laughs> would probably make for a great episode. But the game, like I said, it's not. That's not. It's not entirely compensatory. Like the game, I enjoyed the game. It was pretty fucking good, and I think it would be the least emotionally exhausting of the three. You know that I've chosen. Oh, we'll get to my next one too. But if you know, if we want to just take it easy and have some fun, and not and, and just have less to deal with from a gameplay perspective, like I think this could be a good choice. And you know, we've said before that's not. A reason. We just, it's not maybe not a reason we should be looking for in our choices in games but whatever it's the case nonetheless and then the last one is fucking strider i mean do i have to say it just gets mainframes (laughs) Uh, it was in here a bunch so i couldn't not include it again it's i mean it's a phenomenal game it looks fucking great i think i think we'd have a blast uh playing it but um it may be a heavy undertaking much like castlevania you know i think it would i'm sure it would have some Uh controller spiking moments.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Interesting choices indeed. So So I think man, I think I think on Rocky, I feel like so I'm looking at this like this screenshot, and it just shows Rocky, Apollo, Lang, and Drago. Like it might only be those people.
1: Really? Only those three. Yeah, like that's literally all the screen
0: shows is like like each of their profile pictures together. So maybe that's like all that's there. I don't know. I don't know.
1: That's crazy. Um, Wait, that would be a really short game. <laughs>
0: right? I mean, but I don't know. If you are if you have to train and do all that stuff, maybe you got to like work out in between and do a lot more. So maybe there's a lot more to the game. I don't know.
1: Uh, so it, I mean, I, you know, those, they were not, they're just mini games. Like I would not call it training. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, just, it's not
0: like, like booster it, character and make him better type training.
1: I, I think it says that it does something. I don't know if it has an, a residual effect or not, to be honest with you. Uh yeah, I'm not sure, to be honest with you.
0: Uh
1: yeah, I I'm trying to look to see if there is a quick list off somewhere. Do you have were you able to find a quick list off? okay, the opponents in order. No. Apollo Creed, Cleveland Lang, and Ivan Dragos. Only three of them. Oh god, that seems super short. Well oh, that that only that only furthers my uh Point about the I (laughs) I don't know. Maybe maybe the thing about that is the 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 tough part about that idea is like I said, Clubber Lang whipped my ass. So like the difficulty jump Uh. out clubber was vast. And if that was vast, and I got my ass whooped, and granted it was only the first time I was playing the game, so you know I'm probably good, and maybe that's less of the case. But the jump from Clubber to Ivan Drago is probably also quite significant. And I believe the magazine made mention of the only way to beat Ivan might have been something I don't remember what it was, but it was like, it made it sound like it was almost a bullshit thing you had to do <laughs> <in order laughs> to, to beat him. To, you know what I mean? Like there, there was like a thing uh, that was just getting good at the game. Like there was some sort of catch to it, you know? So yeah, that kind of, mm. that a little bit, that sours me on the idea a little bit as much as yeah, I like I think, it, yeah, I think it would be a fun thing to talk about
0: yeah but castlevania i mean that and strider i mean i would definitely do strider castlevania man it's been so long i
1: did you play those do you remember playing those With any you know, any sniffing them out
0: i remember playing the castlevanias but i don't remember if it was like the original one or if it was just like 2 or 3 or something you know right, right.
1: 2 would say, Tan, 2 is very different like 2 yeah 2 has all those rpg elements and shit that's why i I speak highly of two, because it, it was a complete, like, yeah, one and three are like, this is this very straightforward side-scrolling action platformer, you know, with whip mechanics. Yeah. Um, pretty sure I paid one,
0: then. Pretty sure.
1: Yeah, three has different characters that you can turn into, like, Dracula's kid, and then there's some sort of spell-casting woman. Oh, yeah. And, and it has different... Uh, it's pretty wild, actually. I, I listened to... Some pod did a thing not too long ago that I listened to, and they... We're going through it, and it's like you you have to play the game more than once to play the whole game, basically. It has branching choices that take you to different parts of the game that you don't otherwise see if you don't take that route, you know what I mean? So it's, it's a pretty deep for a side-scrolling action platformer experience. Uh, one is much more kind of basic. Oh, experience. yeah. I definitely played
0: one. Oh, yeah, I remember
1: this, man definitely did not beat it or even come close to it see i don't know you want to okay so you sound kind of you sound kind of peaked by castlevania um yeah because yeah for same reasons i mean it's a classic it's
0: one of those things that you know clearly many people beat it i just
1: never owned it therefore i never beat it <laughs> right, right, <laughs> you know? right, right, right yeah i think i might have written it one time the first one in particular like i don't think i had, I had a ton of exposure to it but it, it definitely just had so much less going like i i think i had played simon's quest already so, like going back to the first Castlevania, it's so basic in comparison that I was just like, "What the fuck?" Well, I? I, yeah.
0: That's how I usually feel now. Yeah, about like just the middle generation games. Yeah.
1: Um. Okay. Well, maybe you want to do this. You want to try to do the greatest thing, and if we can find some way to make it work, uh, we can do that. And if not, Castlevania will be our backup. Sounds like a
0: plan. So let it be done.
1: Okay. <laughs> It is written. We will play either Gradius 2 or Castlevania. (laughs) Nice. All right. so that is the fucking episode. You can subscribe to the pod on the platform provided by whatever dumbass company that serves up your pottery. Please rate and leave positive uh, BS for the pod on whatever platform you do listen to. If you enjoy our nonsense and the website is nyhentertainment.com forward slash ISOHpod. You can email us directly at ISOHpodcast at gmail.com follow the pod and banter with us on fa- on the facebook page and the subreddit and talk shit to us about our gameplay videos on the youtube and links to all those will be in the show notes as they always are jay what are your socials
0: you can catch me at gentlemanjb without the second e on pretty much everything
1: and my instagram is at my shift key is broke and on twitter it's just my name at josh phone okay bye bye yeah, they they talk about the renaming and the excuse me sub sub let's do that without a burp